93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'm going to tell you guys a story. I'm going to tell you a story about a young man who lost something and it wasn't his fault. I'm telling your story, Casey, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to name any, oh, okay. any particular place. Are you okay with this? Because you were out of the room when we discussed what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I don't want to put anybody I'm not on, going to. on blast. I'm not going don't to. Don't put them on blast. Yeah. Don't kick them to the curb. Don't throw shade, Preston. But right. uh, No, I'm not going to throw any shade. Yeah. Uh, so Casey had a poster and a wristband from a fish show that was important to him. and It was one... a fishing tournament, right? <laughs> yeah. Or the band. Uh, well, both. Okay, uh, right. The wristband was from the tournament, and then the poster was from the uh, from the concert. Regardless, right. both very important no, to you. No, but the reality is it, they were both from a, a concert. Right. So much yeah. so that he wanted to have them framed and, you know, immortalized for at least a, a, a period of time while he's on this uh, earth. And... <laughs> Uh, took it to a, a place that was going to frame all this for him. So you have the wristband, you have the poster. I'm sure you had a frame picked out and matted and everything the way you wanted it. Yeah. Uh, goes back to the shop to retrieve it, and they've lost the wristband. Yeah. Oh, okay. man. Yeah, exactly. So the right? poster oh. is done, but and you wanted the wristband yeah. in the same Display. Yeah. It was it was a, like a ribbon across the the bottom corner right. of the poster, and you'd set it up that way. Yeah. What was their explanation? Uh, they, there is no explanation. I, you know, the person was very um, confused as to why it wasn't there. And 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 actually, the person that I picked it up from was the person that you know I initially had gone to, and we had laid it all out. Um, now, by the way, inside, I'm fuming because yeah. it's, it's not cheap, right? No, it, God, it, framing, framing things is ridiculous. <laughs> Forget expensive. it. Okay, so so a couple of things here. A, it's not cheap. B, I have never done this before. I have been oh, to. Wow. So this I is have like been, your first time. Oh, I have case. been to sixty plus fish concerts. I have never purchased a poster, went and had it framed, or you know. So I, you know, the, you know, so so this. And, so you want to climb over the counter and kill them? <laughs> so and and the wristband I had like really carefully taken off of my wrist, so there were no because oh fr- it was like a, it was like a cloth wristband, right? Um, carefully preserved. Carefully preserved. This was I was going to give it as a gift to a friend. Oh no! And then the more I thought about, it, I'm like. I think I want this for myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm I'm like fuming, but well, now you can give I, it to the friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. I I, 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 yeah. You know me. I have tons of stuff hanging on my walls. I like to. Yeah. I, I I I put together shadow boxes myself of things that are important to me. It's one of these things I like to do. You more than anyone is is wrapped up in this stuff, Preston. That I know. But I recently went and and it's uh it's it, it was less than it, within this year I did this and unfortunately we lost uh, Neil Peart just a few days ago. But I have a, a drum head signed by Neil, sticks that were used at a concert by him, uh, autographs from the band. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this myself. I'm going to have this professionally done. I'm going to have it mounted, framed, everything. So I took it to a place. If they would have lost mm-hmm. one of these things, you know how important that is to me? Mm-hmm. I would have been livid about that. And, they're, you know, when, when you're... When you're entrusting mementos, things that are important to you for one reason or another, uh, to someone else, when you hand it over, you, hopefully, 
you know, you, you've, you've handed that trust over them that you're going to take care of this thing that for whatever reason, which is none of your business anyway, is precious to me. Yeah, you don't need to know that. You just yeah. need to complete this part of it. I don't know the law in this case. Yeah. Would you be within your rights to blow that establishment? <laughs> no, no, I, I looked at you very it. well. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the laws and it may vary from, you know, city to city. But this is their job. They they know that. They know that something might that might look like trash to them is what you want framed and is a keepsake. Like this is part what of I their spent a lot of money on. Well, yeah. and, and well, Casey and have, yeah. Casey kind of just walked out of there. I'm like, "A, oh, God. you should get your money back. What, B, Casey, they should pay you. They should give you store credit for something else on top Do of that." Do not you are not I, I will go with you. You are not paying for that. Go back so, there and you get a yeah. full 100% refund. You get whatever it is that they framed for free. Yeah. yeah. So I was was fuming on the inside, but the outside was like, okay, you know, Hold it because together. listen, I I know the girl was like mortified. She's like, I don't know why this is ha- why th- why this happened. I don't know. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna turn this place upside down and and look for it and because she was the one who we we did it all together. So, so she, she did she frame it? Did she mm, do the work? I. Uh, you no, know, I don't. I don't know. Was okay. she wearing that wristband? Yeah, she had it on. No, you know what, Kathy? No, she <laughs> didn't. Bitch. She didn't frame it because she would have. She wouldn't have lost it. She she knew right that, uh. that the wristband was important. And she's saying all these things, and then you know, I I'm just hoping that it will turn up and all this sort of stuff. Okay. I, I got a phone call maybe 45 minutes to an hour later of her saying, I am so sorry. I don't know what happened to this thing. I don't know where to find it. I don't know um, where your trash is. Yeah, I'm and then sorry to hear this because I possess a very special <laughs> set of skills. And I also, also hosted the Real Philly Deli Tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not to make the story go on even longer, but, you know, she was like, I'm going to hunt this, this item down and I'm going to find, uh, you know, a replacement for you. Uh, you know, and she asked me like, "Where you I can't. got? Where I got?" And it's, it's a keepsake. It's yeah. it's, it's a I'm like it wasn't mine. Whatever you hunt down is not going to it's be gonna be crap. It's not going to be mine, even if it's an exact replica. It's not That's going not to be point. mine. Yeah. It was it was my wristband. I, you know what I mean? So, so for people who are trying to put this in context or are listening to it, just something that you. In that moment, value that you know. Cause think of a family yes. heirloom or something that somebody gave you that well, means a lot it. to you, and that's what it's about. I know it. It may sound sort of frivolous to someone else, but think of those things that you have. That, oh my God, I'd hate to lose that. Sure. And then you entrust it over to someone, oh, and yeah. uh, it does not come back to you. Mementos from your children, stuff like that. All right. So, uh, Casey, you told this story on our conference call last night, and I told my girlfriend about it. And uh, so I have two questions. That the first was her thought was. Do you think maybe the wristband had been stolen? That there might have been a fish fan that worked at this place uh, that may have seen it and thought there might be value in it and and stole it. And then the, mm, the, the no side, value. Did you it. did you smell patchouli anywhere? <laughs> no. Would they allow you to conduct employee interviews? <laughs> well, all right. So my so I want to. So uh, Jeff, thanks for sitting down with me today. What sort of music are you into? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you like cheese sandwiches? <laughs> do you have a full time job? Steve, they do a good cop, bad cop, right, yeah, Kathy, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming in as well at some point. What's your name, jackass? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we just begun. And the, other, the other course of action you have as a customer of, of, of any place, no matter what your profile yeah. is online, yeah. uh, is there are, there are social media teams that are set to handle 
uh, responses to complaints. So right. if you're flying and you're dealing with an airline that's not giving you the service you want, you'll see people tweet at airlines all the time. I was wondering if you would tweet at this establishment. To be honest, no. Nick, that's, that is a sort of uh, gentle social media nudging. Um, there, there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword because you can kind of look like a, 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 a complaining dick when you complain online about something like that. You However, don't want someone to lose a job. No, you don't. You, you don't. don't. But, but you get results when you complain to uh, an establishment and a company because there are people set up there to respond to said tweets. So, Casey, go back to this establishment. Yeah. Casually walk around the store and ask each employee to just twirl for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and see how good they are yeah. at that. No, well, listen, you got to get if, your money. Yeah, back. Casey. The end result at has to least. be your money back at the very least they if you're gonna if you ask for that i would imagine that they are going to say yes okay and if not tell them open up the frame give me my poster and i'm leaving a few people are are texting in saying maybe uh behind the matting or or behind the poster board yeah it might be in there somewhere and they should probably take it apart they seal the back they they had already done it Uh, they had already done that um and then i called them last night by the way i um I didn't complain online, and I didn't make a fuss there, and it's because of what I do for a living, right? That, you, and that's, that's you know the double-edged mean? sword part of it. Oh, that's the double-edged care. sword because, you know, and even talking about this right now, I, I don't know why I care what people think, but some people are like, Shut up, you big pussy. No, like, you're all no. Okay, so that's you why know, I'm putting I, this I, in yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. It's important to you. And, yeah. and I guarantee you, we throw open the phones, everyone has some sort of similar story yeah. where they've turned something over that meant something to them, <laughs> to have work done on whatever oh, it is, you're and it comes customer. back in less than satisfactory condition you don't, or is pissed? lost. No, yeah, you're well, not you're, paying you're, for that. I think <laughs> the, the rule of thumb here, and I, this is probably in just... Pennsylvania. Right. You're supposed to get Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> You're supposed to. Yeah. You were like, that's, that's <laughs> that, isn't that right. it, Kathy? So you know how, like, when something happens and you don't react the way you you maybe should have or wanted to at that particular moment, but then you blow up at something com- else completely. Yeah, yeah. So I had gone from uh, this place. Right. I didn't blow up, but I had gone to this place and I went to a drive-through. Uh, <laughs> you know, a quarter of a mile down the road. And I got my money back, and I'm pulling out, and I noticed that one of the quarters is a Canadian quarter. I stopped my car. I put it in park. I I went into the store. Now, I didn't raise a stink. 25 cents. For 25 cents, I go, you guys gave me a Canadian quarter here. And they're like, oh, okay. Let me ask you something. (laughs) What country are we in? (laughs) Do we have provinces like, uh, I don't know, Ottawa? (laughs) What is this? Yeah. Is this legal tender? <laughs> I, I, in my life, have never returned a foreign coin before. I've never even you just considered kind of... that. What did I order, poutine? Wow. What did I come in here on a moose? What am I, a Mountie? I, I... Where the hell are we? Does it say Tim Hortons outside come this Come on, for Christ's sake! <laughs> what am I, Trudeau? Did I drive here 35 kilometers per hour? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, again, I didn't oh, make a big stink about it, but I go, hey, this is a Canadian quarter. Couldn't help but notice that there was a ridged potato chip in my bag of regular potato chips. <laughs> oh, my God. I, Parlez-vous English? <laughs> I would be raging. You're 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 better than me. Mm. I would be raging out of control at those people. And, and <laughs> why not give me the right change? Eh? <laughs> eh? 
All right. Casey, you know what? I'll tell you who is probably so angry right now is our friend Gail, who does all the framing work here at the station. Uh, sure. She is pricey, uh, but, you know, you get what you pay for. And yeah. she's probably like, this is why you shouldn't go to generic places. Mm. But you had this happen. Think, again, <laughs> I, honestly th- I honestly think, they, just on a basic level, yeah. the onus would be on this establishment to give you a full refund. Yeah. Full refund? Okay, yes. so that, oh, that yes. was the other because part of it. Is... You, you, you oh, made it clear question. that you made it clear to them mm-hmm. that the band was just as important. Yeah. That you were looking not simply for a framed photo, but a, like, what do you call them, a memory a box or oh, a yeah. shadow box. A yeah. shadow box, okay. Yeah. You should have went to where Nick went in Conshohocken because they'll keep it for nine years yeah. before they actually Yeah, that's vote. right. <laughs> what, yeah, I mean, yeah, Cole's framing. Talk about, you know, <laughs> customer service. <laughs> they held on to my frame uh, material for six, seven years. Come and got it in, Mr. McQuinn. I can't wait to see that ponytail of yours. <laughs> got it back to me uh, after that amount of time. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Brian, for taking care <laughs> well, of me. Th- now, that's a good establishment for that sure. holds on to the stuff you paid for for a decade. Yeah. Uh, and gets it back to you. Yeah, it's, you know, that's why some people are, are hesitant to to hand over things like that uh, when they want to drop them off. They're going to trust this establishment that you're going to you're going to treat this. Number one, you're going to treat it right and make it look the way I want it to. But number two, you're not going to lose it. This is a donated kidney. Please look yeah. after this. Yeah. Well, somebody said they uh, there was a text that came and said, uh, oh, I received a pair of Pele Limburg game used hockey socks. Whoa. I refuse to get them framed at a store for this exact reason, because they don't ever want to have a chance of losing them. A friend of mine dropped off a diamond bracelet at a jeweler to be cleaned, and no. they lost it. No. They Do lost you, it. No. Did she entertain the notion? I saw a thing on this. Did she entertain the notion that it was stolen? Stolen. From who? The, the, the place that cleaned it. Well, no, because the place that cleaned it sold it to her. So I mean I don't know I I, I guess but but the the owner of the jewelry shop you know f- said you pick out anything in here you yeah, want yeah clean it for you there <laughs> so, I mean so she got something else out of it but they no longer had that bracelet so she wasn't getting back what she dropped off but he he made good on it and said pick out whatever you want in this store yeah, you can have you can have honestly uh, businesses can really take a, a lesson from this. You could have a customer for life if you really step up and do right by them. Oh, yeah. Or if you just, hey, sorry about that. Yeah. Because that the, the ripple effect of that negative stuff will come back and kill you. That's the whole thing. That's what that's all, one of the reasons yeah. I brought this up. A, everybody's, you know, had a, a, a chance where they, not everybody, but a lot of people have had a, a, a trusted item that they've lent to someone and it's gone afterwards. But um, the fact that they weren't immediately going, listen, we're going to refund your money for you. Yeah. Please. You think a business in Pennsylvania would know they risk being blown up yeah. and having to buy you Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but again, I had never been through this before, and I was like kind of giving them an opportunity to fix it, find it, do whatever. I, I, I didn't know what I was within my right to do. Do you know what kills me, Casey? And I think a perfect example of this is when you hear about women who put in wedding gowns mm. and they or whatever, or you know, all that stuff. We just, we just had a, a story here. It's a different kind of thing, mm. but you know the business is not let it being upfront and, and they they closed or whatever. You know, right. uh, so it goes from from the micro to the macro here in this case. It, but this is something that means something to you. I'm going to go to uh, Sean because I don't quite understand what it says up here on the monitor. Hi, Sean. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. What's up, man? Um, a buddy of mine had actually gone to the Philadelphia Sports Show and had booked a bear hunting trip to go to Maine um, about six months in advance. His wife had passed away about three about three weeks before we left, so he was grieving and everything else. So we had wound up going on the trip anyway, and he actually got his first bear. He it was, it was actually a great bear. Um, he paid them in advance twenty five hundred dollars to have it stuffed and mounted 
had shipped to him. Yeah. The son wound up being on drugs, took all of the bear skins from him and six other customers, just threw them in the woods, and never even gave him back his money. No refund, no nothing. Mm. Wow. Aww. Yeah. Here you go to the trouble. To yeah. murder a bear. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and what do you get trouble. for your effort? Some drug addict throws the pelt in the woods. You go out and destroy a majestic animal. Yeah. And all you want... Shot him from a moving car. <laughs> no, that that does suck if you make it. It would investor, suck yeah. if it's something that you that was important to you. Yeah, I understand it. So, and, and Would you ever frame that bear? He's left high and dry. So And, and out the money. Wow, yep, that sucks. Exactly what happened. I brought this bear to the place in the mall. They couldn't frame it. Wow, thanks, man. <laughs> Sir, we don't have a frame that large. That's a Kodiak bear. Uh, let me go to... I go to Bears Remembered when I want to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can Graber. you turn this grizzly bear into a keychain? Let me go to Dave. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Dave? Uh, something similar to exactly what Case is going through. Uh, my father was a bombardier pilot in World War II. Okay. Wow. And when, and when he passed away a few years back, I inherited a lot of his World War II stuff from his flying days. And I put it all together. It was three items, a picture of him in uniform, a picture of the plane, the actual plane that he flew in, and then what was known as a short snorter, which is a dollar bill that the entire crew signs after a first successful mission. Oh, wow. Okay. And I put it all together. I wanted it laid out in exacting detail. I wanted the bill position so that you could see my dad's signature. Right. I took it to a frame shop. I went over it and... Like painstaking detail, how I wanted this done. I leave it there, and this stuff is irreplaceable. Yeah, I leave it. I leave it there. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Delay, delay. Oh, we're having trouble getting the museum glass in. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Finally, I get a call. It's done. Come pick it up. I go to pick it up. Not only is it not laid out in the order that I wanted, I mean, not even close. <laughs> but the bill is mounted backwards, and you can't see my dad's signature. Um, so all right, so those are adjustments. Did they make good on it and fix it back to the way you wanted it, or was it too late at that point? It was too late at that point. They could not take it apart. Yeah, because but, listen, they have to glue stuff like that on exactly. uh, to, to oh. mount it, and so they glued it on the wrong side, uh, and and ruined your father's signature probably. Well, you couldn't. I, you couldn't I see your dad. Yeah, it was mounted upside down. Or that sucks. Wow, my my so, dad was. Oh, you got it for free? You get All it for right, free. okay. Uh, you know, my dad was in the 82nd Airborne Division of World War II, and he's left Thanks, me man. all of his jugs magazines. <laughs> oh, wow, he and loves you. The I, most. I would die if they didn't frame those properly. You yeah. got to mount those just yeah. right. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't said anything to you though, Casey. Like, we're going to refund your money. Do, do you know what I mean? That they're not saying no. That's weird. They said stuff like, "We're going to make this right." Okay, so maybe they're still searching, they're still looking, whatever. Do you have whatever. any bears you want mounted? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I called them last night because when I went, I had uh, I had two posters and two uh, wristbands, and then I took my ticket because my, my brother went, too, and my mom needed an extra Christmas gift to get to. So I said, hey, yeah, yeah. why don't you do this, and, then, and he can have my ticket. I'm like, I don't need the ticket. You know, anyway, so I called them, and I said, is there a possibility... It's in the other frame. That it's in the other frame. She said, no, because you pack them separately, blah, 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 blah. I'm would, like, okay. Would you have them, uh, at this point, it might be worth, as they've been saying, to, is to check the frame and see if that, that the band was in there. But also, I wonder if any of these things. I think they did that already. Preston, so you do a lot of this stuff and you, you have this work done. At the point, at the 
where the work is initiated, do you sign anything that's an understanding of the, of the business's obligation if it does not you know come back the way I, you want it or if it is, in fact, lost? Does I'm that ever happen? not sure about that. Okay. I mean, anytime I've ever done it, you get proofs. And so you have to sign off on yeah. the yeah. proof of it and right. what it's going to look like and all mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah. right? You, so you signed something that said wristband goes here, picture goes here. You know whatever, what? Although, so. I, well, I, I got the, so I got that uh, the Neil Peart, the Rush thing done. and uh, But the guy that did, did a wonderful job, by the way. But he did change it slightly without... Uh, checking with me first. Oh, you can't really? do that. I mean, we laid it out specifically and took pictures and like, this is the way I want it. And then I remember him saying, well, it didn't quite work that way. So I so I changed this to make it give it this kind of feel. Oh, and, and I threw like, in that picture of Eric Estrada. No. And, <laughs> and, and I liked it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, fortunately, it was even better than what we had planned on. But no, I, agree. I wasn't consulted on it. Uh-huh. So, and to Kathy's point, anything like that, when you go in and lay down specific instructions, yeah. it's got to be run by you. And well. because, you know, glue and, and attachment procedures are used, sometimes once you do it, you can't undo it. There, right. are, there are things that are going to have to stay that way. So that sucks. I was kind of yeah. surprised. Well, I worked with Gail on some of the frames in our uh, in our offices here, and Every every change she made, because there were things that didn't work out the way we had planned it and the way we laid it out, she would send me a picture and say, here's what I had to change. Do you like it? Do you want me to... Can you put more pictures of me in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this this frame is, deals with the, the 1960s at the stage. Right. I know, but there's room for me in there. <laughs> every frame has at least one picture. You, you were, I don't even know if you were yeah. born with <laughs> Casey, I forget uh, if you said this, but at any point did you speak with a manager? Uh, no. Okay. No, I did not. I don't know. Because, again, because, like, Jeez. oh, man. You well, were you feeling very passive that day. I, I, I was know, feeling very, I know. very But you were passive. boiling inside, and you were trying to keep yourself from going off the deep end. I can Stupid. completely understand yeah. it. But now that you've had time to think about, yeah. think better of it, you, I think you'd well be within your rights to call back and say, I've, I've thought about this situation. Uh, either... Give, give me, me my Super Bowl tickets. Give me my Super Bowl tickets, <laughs> and, and I would evacuate the store right now. Um, you have about five minutes. Oh, no, yeah. no, less than five minutes. Uh, I don't know when I set the timer to. To be honest, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm like you. I don't want to take it out on an individual. Somebody that's no. working there. It's not there. It's you. And mistakes happen. And mistakes happen. So you yeah. don't want to automatically get angry at an individual. However, there's an institution behind this individual that is wholly responsible exactly. for losing your material uh-huh. that you paid for, paid yeah. a lot of money for. Yeah. Uh, so somebody up that chain. Um, should should do right by you. By the way, why does it cost so much? Oh, that's a good question. I, th- I think we, that's another why topic. Why does it cost so much to frame a photograph? Yes, thank you. Well, yeah, we all want to know. Or a, I, I, would, I would like to know. I'll, I'm going to write this down because I would feel embarrassed saying this on the air, but this is how much it cost me for that. Uh, oh, my God. You should be for embarrassed. What, for what? what? For the, the Neil Peart and, Preston? and, and Rush. Preston, that is, I that is that. not uncommon. Yeah. That is not uncommon. No, I don't think that that's... No, that that's that's a an that was my right. base. There was more with tax and everything, yeah. but it was yeah. yeah I, I was will like, do it for half that press, and I will do it for a thousand dollars. But <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I paid a thousand for my Larry Wilcox poster. <laughs> Wait, Larry Wilcox. Yeah, I got awesome. Eric Estrada and my third one. The two cops on chips. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, going back because you had asked the question, we. What they did is they like laser scanned it and or you know took a they so yep, they laid it all out right. they, they they took a picture of it so they had on file exactly what it was supposed yeah. to look. Oh, like. I okay. think that they're they're trying to figure out what happened to it, where it went. Yeah. But I think in the end they're going to refund you. Hang on, let me go to uh, Stephen. Had something similar happen. Hi, Stephen. You're on the air. Good morning. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that I, I love you just like a Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> just like a Ronnie. Well done, Stephen. What's up, buddy? Um, my grandpa was. Uh, I, I'm a singer, and my grandpa is one of the. I thought you were a dancer. I you said, uh, yeah. No, she, she was, was a dancer. There you go. Go ahead. What's up? I did not think about that before I said that. <laughs> um. But uh, I found an album of 78s when going through his old records from his Glee Club days in the 40s. Uh -huh. And my grandma really wanted to listen to him, so I thought I'd get him digitized for us so she could listen to him in her car on a CD. Uh, I, I sent them to the record store that shall remain unnamed. Okay. And I went back, like, the day they said to pick him up. Uh, they had the CD, but they didn't know where the album was. Where the original was. Where wow. the original was. So, I, you know, I, I had what I wanted, but I didn't. Did they? I, I did you pay for that? that? What's that? Did you pay for the service? Uh, they gave it to me for half price. No, 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 yeah, no. Exactly. They lost your property, the more valuable part of the whole thing are the original 78s, and they lost that. I'm in the same boat with Casey, though, in that I didn't really want to raise a fuss because I, I don't like confrontation. I, so I was furious on the inside, but on the inside, I was like, what the F did you do with my 70s? I, I, I need to hold a workshop on yeah. how you deal with situations like this. You so, do. Yeah, like I'll take about 20, 25 people per workshop. We'll sit down and we'll go over different scenarios. You would, I mean, honestly, at that point, and you can stay, you can stay metered. I, I mean, I, I do it. So let me get this straight. <laughs> The more valuable part of this transaction is gone forever, and you're going to charge me mm -hmm. for the work you failed to adequately execute? Actually, Steve, you can come in as a guest yeah, speaker right. if you nah. want. I think we've reached an, a point here. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> I, I think a full-on service, though, actually, where you come and handle oh, this for them. Yeah. So they're there at, at the moment, and they just hand a card over and go... Someone is going to be contacting you yes, shortly. Exactly. And then I, Kathy comes in and takes care know, of it. Preston, I hear enough of these stories, Thanks, though, as, from all these people. And I wonder if someone doesn't go, eh, we'll say we lost this. Yeah. Or, you know, so you're bringing it to oh. places that deal with this all the time, and they will understand the value of these things. Right. A lot of times, you, well, we, we lost it, and, and hope that people will just sort of, dem, you know, demure from a fight, and that's it. And, and then they go off and sell. I'm not saying this happens a lot, but that's why I think. Perhaps at the beginning of any transaction like this, get something in writing. Yeah. I was at a movie theater over the Christmas break where, um, so I bought tickets for my kids and, and a couple of friends. And I don't know what the age of the child ticket is, but I bought child tickets for my daughter and her friend. And the security guard would not let them in. They're like, no, you're, you're not kids. And so we had to go back and I had to like rebuy everything. And... In the whole process of it all, I ended up just buying adult tickets for everybody. So I ended up paying way more. Were they than, kids? They, there were two kids that fall, that fell into the kid category. So we were going back through, and I handed her all the tickets, and she let everybody in. And I said, so you won't let people underpay, but you will let them overpay? And I said, because these clearly are not adults right here. And like you, and then... I felt, what did she say? I felt dirty, Steve. Even though I was right, I felt dirty. I, I yeah. love you to death. But there's sometimes in, in this case where you you would ha you'd have to say, you know, 
I just want to be clear here. Mm -hmm. You're going to risk my continuing business mm -hmm. and argue over this when I've already paid the amount for these tickets. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm not I don't dig that. Yeah. But it's sometimes people take advantage of that. Yeah. And it's just stupid. Um, do we have time to go to another call? I know yeah. we got a yeah, 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 quick call. We got to do uh, uh, Fox Twenty Nine in a moment. Oh Betsy, crap! I forgot. <laughs> Uh, Betsy owns a custom framing shop. Do we have time to go to Betsy? No, let's just go to Betsy. All right, Betsy, go ahead. <laughs> this is painful to listen to because yeah. the, you paid anything when they lost your artwork is, oh, my God. You don't do that ever, yeah. Yeah. ever. I, I cannot believe, first of all, that they lost it because, oh, my God, no. Okay. You don't do that? No. So, Betsy, should he should he should he go call back and 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 ask because he prepaid ask for a refund? Yes, yes. That they didn't offer it immediately it is is outrageous. Bizarrely, Betsy, I almost see as what you do when people are handing this over to you, and you guys are going to think this is a ridiculous analogy, yeah. but almost as if you're handing over at a funeral home your dearly departed, yeah. and you expect it to be taken care of, what needs Absolutely. to be taken care of respectfully and properly. You know what I mean? Have you ever framed any dead bodies? <laughs> You know what? You'd be surprised what people. No, but I, I think it. Preston's analogy is is is, is correct. Some, look at we had World War II memorabilia from, yeah. from a, a beloved family member. Yeah. That that's a connection through to something that means something to somebody, yeah. and this does mean something. So, do you think Betsy, in some way, they just thought, oh, this is just a wristband? It doesn't mean anything, or they really weren't paying attention. Whatever it if was, they did that. Then they're not a good framer. Okay, okay. don't go to that. And so he still is owed his money back. Correct. Everything. Most people, what they're framing is a memory of some sort. There you go. So it yeah. means something. Yep. You have to treat it like, I mean, it could be a memory of a trip. It could be a memory of a concert. It could be a memory of anything. But that's a person's life. You have to treat it with respect. We had somebody bring in. A picture of Eric Estrada bear hunting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we, we didn't notice when it was brought in. But when we went to frame it, there was a scratch on the photograph. We paid to get a new photograph, mm. the exact same thing, mm. because we didn't know if we did it or not, and that was unacceptable. You don't mm. do that. That's 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 the way to do it. What's the name of your business? Frame Station Gallery. Okay. In Berwyn. Okay. Oh, you guys are in Berwyn in the old uh, train station. Yes. Yeah, you came yeah. out to an event recently. Yeah, we were at Camp Out. My yeah, husband. there you go. Yes, yeah. All right, super we're nice guys. Awesome. Hey, well, is thanks. Alex your daughter? Yeah. Okay. Rochelle just texted me. She'll see you tonight. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, my right. God. Support your local framers. Thanks, Betsy. Just so yeah. happened, you Is guys that the couple you swing with? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> By the way, Casey, we got a text that said, this guy, uh, I just bought a fish wristband on Craigslist from a local framing oh. company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would help. I'd love to God know how much you got for it. Uh, what's a, a professional Susan or a professional Karen? People are texting that in. I don't know what so, that means. So that's... People arrive at a party and say, hi, I'm Susan. <laughs> no, no. So it's part of the reason why I didn't complain, because it's a big... Like it's a meme now. Karen and Susan are people that ask for the manager. They're usually uh, oh. they, they, they have a haircut like the lady from uh, 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 that's really funny. The Target things in uh, SNL. In, uh, well, kind of, but uh, the, the, the John and Kate plus eight. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Kate Gosling. Kate Gosling. Yeah. yeah. You got oh, the, the, oh, I see. So that's the type. Oh, they I got that you. haircut. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. that haircut of the lady, the Long Island medium. They got Listen. that haircut. Their and name's what? Karen, and, and they, they asked. They yes, want to see the manager. I, I do. <laughs> I do hate the. I need to see. I, I want to talk to the manager thing. But.
But when somebody's lost something of yours, that's you know. There's, there's certain. Story. It's certainly understandable. You're not outlandish in your request. <laughs> you asked for something to be completed in a certain way. It wasn't. I think you need to follow yeah. through on. Well, it. and listen. If you take my workshop, you'll know when yeah. uh, you can ask for the manager. You All don't. Right. You don't do that right away. All right. We have to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Love MMR. Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. In Shopplay Win Monopoly at Acme, every ticket wins an offer, a prize, or tokens for sweepstakes. It's easy to play. There's no game board. Just scan your tickets from checkout in the Shop Play Win app and see what you won. With over 230 million in prizes and money-saving offers, you could be a winner. No purchase necessary. See rules at ShopPlayWin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. Acme, official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to double back to a story that we mentioned in the entertainment report, and it was uh, about Jared Leto, uh, who just found out about all the social distancing and the closures and all this stuff about coronavirus because he was on a 12-day mindfulness retreat in the desert. So he was... Off on this thing that uh, uh, a location that he paid for to go and just kind of center and uh, get away from uh, the the disturbances of the outside world. And uh, and they were cut off. No phone, no communication, none of that stuff. Not a single luxury, Steve. Uh, Like Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. As primitive as as could be. And so he comes back and he just found out about what's going on. So this is actually in line with another story that was reported. I think we talked about it yesterday about the, uh, I believe, the Germany Big Brother uh, show. Which in the whole conceit of Big Brother is that you go into this house. And uh, you are, um, you know, the cameras are are doing it. I, I believe they sign a waiver that they are not to be informed about anything yeah. going on in the outside world. In fact, I'd mentioned it was the subject. If you're locked in to watch this miniseries, it's called Dead Set. The BBC did it. They had people in their Big Brother house in that show, and a zombie apocalypse took place while they read this. So these people are in the German Big Brother house, yeah. and and no one is telling them. So this leads to the question of what huge event did you just miss out on? Oh, yeah. For whatever reason it was, you didn't get the memo. You've been off, so, they, you know, they call it being off the grid, and some people, like, when they take a honeymoon or go down to Bora Bora, wherever yeah. the hell, they go off the grid. Listen, when I, when we vacation, yeah. I stay away from all news and info. I don't check social media. I do none of that stuff. I just, I, I want to be blithely unaware <laughs> yes. of what's going on other than what I paid for my vacation. 215-263-WMMR. Now, yeah, what event, what, what something that was quite obvious that, that you absolutely missed out on for a decent stretch of time, and, and it will leave that discretion up to you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't miss out on anything, but uh, <clears throat> when I saw the, the, the Big Brother story, Steve, I, I couldn't help but think of the time that uh, I spent in the Grand Canyon. I, you know, I did that uh, rafting trip through the Grand Canyon, and at a certain point, when we were driving, because we stayed in, in, in Vegas, and then we got up at 5 in the morning, we hopped on a bus, and we took a three-hour bus ride to basically, you know, the mouth of the, of the river or whatever. And um, at a certain point, I lost uh, my, cell cell, my cell connection, yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. That was it. And I had basically texted my wife. I'm like, this is the last you're going to hear of me. I said, no news is good news, you know? Like one of those deals. Like if something bad happens, you're going to hear about it. They're going to airlift me out of there, and you're right. going to hear about it. So if you don't hear anything, it's it's good news or whatever. Um, and then sure enough, for eight days, 
I, I couldn't. I was incommunicado. And, and uh, so during that point, because yeah. I think we all, especially with your wife, yeah. especially with your family, it must have been a little hard. Uh, right, a couple I days. I think it was no. I think it was probably harder on my wife than it was on me. Like I was, I was. You in, knew you were all right. I was in good shape, right? But I did ask them. Uh, you know, the river guides. While you know, we were. You know, might have been on like day four, or five, or six of the trip. I go. Um, How would you know if your wife was having an affair? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't worried about that. Uh, now I said, um, what happened with like nine eleven? You know, and yeah. they said, yeah, sure enough, like there were people on the river yeah. who had no clue what I'll happened, bet. and um. Basically, the way our river trip worked is you, you you got to the the end of the trip, and there was a bus waiting for you to take you back to civilization. And they said when they when they got off the the boat, they had all of the newspapers from the week to go here. This is what happened. Wow. Here, you know, catch up on now all that you're all rested up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst thing ever has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ready yeah. to go back to the real world now? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I, we're throwing in a complimentary beverage to soften the blow. We got a bunch of calls coming in, so let's go to them. I'm going to go to Scott. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. What's up, buddy? So uh, hey. we're, we're taking calls about people who missed out. Jared Leto missed out on this whole uh, coronavirus thing because he was on a retreat. How about you? Yeah, when I was in high school, I was actually at a summer camp um, where they took our cell phones away. And uh, when we all got back on the coach bus, everybody was turning their cell phones back on. And uh, Michael Jackson had passed away while we were at summer camp. And so the entire bus just, like, broke out in, like, the, that quiet rumor whisper of going seat to seat about uh, Michael Jackson passing away. So, yeah. so how long after he passed did you guys find out it was a couple days? It must have been a couple of days. I, I don't remember exactly what day he passed away on um, during the week, but we uh, we got back on the bus on Saturday. It's so um, it's so it's out. it's so weird. So when when you when you heard about it, you're like, uh, you know, uh, stuff must flood through your mind. I mean, obviously, this is on that case. You're talking about one of the most famous entertainers of all time, and you're like, what? And yeah. and I, I'm sure initially you think, is this a joke? Uh, you know, and it's just one of those things that you. It, I, the mind can't process it. It's such. It's not like it, even we heard about it. We knew he was not in good shape and all that stuff. But even so, I was in, I was driving back with Jim Antez in a car, and I was like, "What?" Uh, it, it just it just catches you completely off guard. Yeah. It yeah it does. It's terrifying because you don't know what else could happen. Yeah, I'll, that's that's, that's what I was of. I was wondering too is how how that makes you feel that you missed out on something. That a lot of people know about and is a big deal in certain circles uh, to to go. What I, and I would and here I was, you know, yeah. willy nilly, well, willy nilly at summer tell, camp. Tell me, Tito is exactly. safe. <laughs> All right, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it, man. Not a problem. Have a great day, guys. All right, uh, let's go to Ken. Hey, Ken. Good morning, sir. Hi. How are you? Good. What's up, buddy? Oh, good, good. Sorry to bother you guys at work. It's okay. Nah, we're asking for you to bother us. So what was your story? Well, we were in Scotland on vacation a few years back when Hurricane Katrina hit. Yeah. And um, I, w I remember being at my cousin's house, and we're watching the news footage from the United States, and, and everyone's talking about, like, this horrible event that's going on. We're just sitting there kind of munching on haggis and stuff like that, wondering what the hell's going on. So you, you were, were, were you catching up-to-the-minute coverage, or did you find out well after the fact that it was going on? We had we were watching the current news footage, and 
still not really registered. We didn't really realize what was going on until we actually came back. And I mean, all the all the information was there on the TV, but we were, you know, we're in vacation mode, so we're just kind of, you know, glossing over it. And when we get back, everything's going to be fine. And then when we got back and saw the extent of the damage, we were we were horrified. It was like, did you? And we missed it. You did know? you think it was like a, like a Scottish miniseries called Katrina about a hypothetical <laughs> no, but, hurricane? But everyone, everyone we came in contact with over there, kind of looked at us with a stink eye and said, "Like, uh, hey, what's your president doing about this?" And I'm like shrugging, like, "I don't know," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, interesting. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, some things are, are disasters like that that people missed out on. Some things are just uh, personal disasters. So this guy says, "I used to love." To watch Two and a Half Men. Then I joined the Army and came back from boot camp. Charlie Sheen was fired for being a coked-out whack job. <laughs> Missed out on that train wreck. <laughs> that would have been one. That would have been a shock. We're gone. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Sheen went on this crazy tirade torpedo of truth. Yes. Mercury surfboard warlock uh, bizarre. Warlock from hell. <laughs> Tiger blood rant. Uh, uh, duh. Uh, so that one would have been. Yeah. Really like, but imagine if you missed all that. So you're a fan of the show and yeah. you come back and you find out that he's on tour. Yeah. Uh, talking about <laughs> Tiger blood. What if you moved uh, out of the country when, uh, you know, before Mel Gibson was Mel Gibson and, and you loved him from Braveheart and you get back and uh, you missed the whole Oxonical. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there are things like that that obviously can get right past people. Uh, here's... <laughs> Sorry, Mel. Uh, let me go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, good morning. Hello, rock guys. Hey, rock guy. <laughs> rock guys of everyone. Hello, everybody. Uh, Jeff, what did you, what did you miss out on and why did you miss out on it? Oh, we missed out on the O.J. Simpson, the murderer, and the Bronco chase and everything because we were on a honeymoon. We were on a cruise. Oh, man. So you missed out, you missed out on the murder... The, the the Bronco chase and and when did you jump back into the story? We when we got back, everybody was like, "Oh my God, did you see the Bronco chase and all that stuff?" He actually murdered that the murder actually happened the night of our wedding. Oh so, my God! You, you missed one of the most compelling television moments ever. Was I, uh, was that that drive being uh, you know covered broadcast by live? The, yeah, broadcast live. So yeah, like, oh yeah, God, it was weird. It, it's wild to think about that, uh, Jeff, because I remember my wife and I were at a restaurant, one of our favorite restaurants, uh, Glen Cove, Long Island, and Preston, it was almost like a pay-per-view event because everyone's watching on the uh, the bar TV. Like, yeah. Well, oh, my God. I was at home, and, like, the phone tree happened. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you watching this? <laughs> and that's and that's what it was. So Jeff completely missed out on that one. Oh, yeah, on the cruise. I mean, there was no cell phone. Nobody yeah. Back then, it was 25, 26 years ago. So, yep. you know, nobody was communicating about that. Not a single single luxury. As we right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, let me go to yeah. We're going to see a number of these, uh, but let's go to Ian. Hi, Ian. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Ian? Hey, not much. So uh, I used to be a land surveyor uh, back during nine eleven, and uh, we're cutting line through the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. So we didn't find out. We didn't have no idea anything was going on. So we went back to the vehicle hours later. And, you know, Howard Stern's on the radio right. and explaining everything like it's World War Three, And we just didn't know what was going on. We tried to take it in, what he's saying, and the office is calling. All the emails start rushing back in. You're talking about 9-11. Did I state that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so you were you're hours after the fact. Yeah. About yeah. two or three hours. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, still, well, you didn't there, really miss it then. Yeah, I mean, but still, yeah. Yeah, there's For something delay, that big. That big, it is. I could wild. see that yeah. as because we all pretty much were aware of it 
immediately. But yeah, but I bet you there are people that that may be listening that went a day, and the next day was like, wait a minute, or what happened? A couple of days. I mean, so so Leto's story, keying off the original story, Jared Leto, twelve days, yeah, away from this. So he, you know, and again, if you go about twelve days ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's this thing going on. We probably should be cautious of it. And now here we are. Yeah. Think about and, the dramatic difference. Yeah, yes. there's another story uh, very similar to that one and, and to, to my story where these guys were rafting on the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. But their trip was 25 days. So, I mean, they Whoa. must have, they must have re- I mean, they must have been like on a dory, right? Like right. paddling themselves and doing some like, you know, major uh, hiking and stuff like that. It must because... be high, hard finding a dory on the river. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but they were gone for 25 days and, yeah. and came back to all of this stuff. We just lost this call. This next call is going to go to because I didn't think it would be possible for anybody locally to miss out but they missed out on the Phillies winning the World Series. Oh my god. I was I was thinking either either the Super Bowl, either either the Eagles winning the Super Bowl or the Phillies winning the World Series cuz there's got to be one or two somehow somebody missed it even though you, you know. It is possible. It is. In this day and age as much as much as it can blow your mind to think this. As you said Preston or Casey in a yeah. canyon out of range. You're out in the middle. Your job takes you out in the middle of nowhere, and you are just off the grid for a while. Uh-huh. You can miss a whole story like that. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Jim. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, guys. Hey, bud. So uh, you missed out on a on a big event. Yeah, uh, I was actually in a field training exercise at Fort Campbell when I was uh, young and in the army. <laughs> But uh, we missed out on when Dale Earnhardt was killed oh. and didn't find out for a week until we got out of the field site. Oh, wow. A week. All right. And is um, is uh, NASCAR important to you? It used, well, I used to follow it a lot. But, yeah. You know, okay. It, so that would have uh, been a big, big deal. Yeah. Back then it was. I was a huge fan back then. And, yeah. and you, you start to see wisps of stories like, oh, what is that? So why why is the Earnhardt, why is the Earnhardt family gathered again? Or which yeah. is it? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because by then, like a week later, it's it's not necessarily it's not headline no. for a couple of days. It will be, and then the, then the uh, the trickle down effect of of the the things that result from that, and so it doesn't lead with you know Dale Earnhardt, you know, dead or so on. But yeah, I've had it happen where I've, I've Thanks, seen Jim. somebody, and it's somebody not on that level where you're saying it's like a, a retrospective. Oh, they're doing a retrospective of this person. I still presume is alive, right? No, they're, they're dead. dead. <laughs> they're dead. Uh, let me go to George. He missed nine eleven. What's the story on that? Hey, George, how you doing, bud? Hey, what's up, you guys? Rock. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What's uh, yeah. what? Would you miss out on, or you missed out on nine eleven? I do know yeah. that, but what was going yeah. on? Yeah, so basically, um, I, I was in the military for, and that was my first time coming back. I learned a lot of survivalist stuff, and decided to go out for like a three week hunting trip in the wilderness. And I actually left, believe it or not, on September tenth. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> of two thousand one, wow. I came back three weeks later, and had no idea I was in up in. Winnipeg, like the middle of nowhere in, in like Upper Canada, Dude. back, and I actually thought people were joking at first, and then I then I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I actually made a joke. I said, "What was it? An Asian pilot?" You're right. And, right. Uh, I was like. Stunned. Everybody was offended. I'm like, "What? What happened? Kyle, is a plane crash? Relax." Everybody's like, "No, dude, it was a terrorist attack. Like you're in the middle." And I didn't realize the severity of it. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And the next time I went hunting was Hurricane Sandy. I missed that. Oh my god. Stop going on. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're killing us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's uh, three weeks away. 
Nine, and again, and we we like, and and it's not it's not at that level, but in just in feeling between now and and nine eleven, that that sensation of of as information is is coming in, and it kept coming in for for days and weeks after, for three weeks, yeah. you're out of touch. Yeah, it's out of not- touch. completely nothing, zero communication. Unbelievable. Were, were there upsides to it? Do you think you experienced less anxiety? Was there, was there less worrying? Because when you come back to it, the reality uh, is completely shifted for you, but. Um, there, there must be some positives. Oh yeah, I mean, like I was, I was, I guess I was somewhat relieved. I missed the initial shock and everything, like you know, and all of it all. But I was kind of upset because I was in the military and I was kind of like my thing, and I was, you know, yeah, you know, frustrated. Sure, everybody else, and then I, my anger was kind of. I was in my angry phase, and everybody else was in kind of a mourning phase. I'm like, everybody get pissed off. Right, right. Yeah, you know what, George? Yeah, you probably what what you probably missed out on was that uh, was that 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 piercing stab mm-hmm. that happened when it and and fear as well immediately because it was it was a scary day and uh, and and you, three weeks had gone by, so enough had settled where you didn't have that immediate fear. I would imagine that a lot of people did experience that particular day. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I no, yeah, so I'm sorry. I missed that initial onslaught of, of yeah. you know, emergent mine came three weeks later when everybody else was kind of mourning and in sorrow, and my shock, awe, anger, and fear came. You know, it was kind of misplaced. Like I was like the weirdo at that point. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we are so used to our memories of that and how tangible and and palpable yeah. they are. I can't even wrap my mind around uh, what what uh, you experienced, George, because it's, uh, it's yeah. totally alien to me. Yeah. All right. Thanks, George. Appreciate it, you man. Got it. Um, here's a, a text. It says, I went into the hospital to deliver my first child February 22nd, 2005. Came out February 25th on the ride home from the hospital. I was wondering what happened when my favorite radio morning show was no longer being broadcast. I was devastated. Wow. And that baby is now 15 years old. So she missed out on it by, uh, by a few days. Yeah. Jesus. And listen, whenever I do go on vacation, I do kind of ready myself for, all right, when I get back, what happened? Because yeah. I cut myself mm-hmm. off and I make sure that I, I, I just stay away from news and all that. And I just, I'm, I'm not there to work anymore. And, uh, but, but I do kind of say, okay, when I get back, what thing happened while I was gone? I envy, inevitably it will be something. I envy you being able to do that because part of my thing is at least I take a quick look online in the morning at the, on a vacation. I shouldn't do that. I should disconnect. But, you know, just for Try that. sometime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me go to, uh, let me go to Doris. Hey, Doris, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, Doris. So it says you missed a, a world event here. We did miss a world event. One of my closest friends back around 1989, Lisa, won a trip from MMR to Jamaica. We spent a glorious week in Jamaica, Jamaica. Unfortunately, she had broken up with her boyfriend a week before they were set to depart. Mm -hmm. And at the last minute, asked me to join her. We went on our vacation and we came back. We hit the airport. And as we're walking through trying to get our bags, we're seeing tanks rolling in on all the televisions that we're seeing as we walk through the airport here. The Tiananmen Square event had occurred, but we had no context. All we saw was tanks rolling in. Yeah. We didn't know if America was being um, yeah. <laughs> attacked or who was getting uh, shot at, but we had no idea what had happened. Major no moment idea. in history, iconic imagery. And you were smoking <laughs> weed on the beach. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Wow. Courtesy of MMR. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. All right. 
Thank you, Doris. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. here you go. All right, Jordan, this answers my question. Hey, Jordan, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Good, Jordan. What what signature event did you miss and why? I missed when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. You're no. the one. Yeah. Oh, You're no. the one. How long before you found out? Uh, it was a couple weeks. It was, I was on deployment with Navy, and uh, it wasn't until I hit the next port that I found out. that I knew they were going to the Super Bowl. I just didn't know how they did. All so. right. So, so, question, Jordan. What? Uh, I guess you were you were at sea at the time? Yes. All right. And when, when you guys are deployed like that, are, are you completely cut off from outside communication? There are some times where we're able to get a little bit here and there, but most of the time it's, uh, with, you know, with that many people on the ship, you really aren't supposed to be uh, looking up if the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I would think, though, from a, from a morale standpoint, yeah, you that would... they would at least, that would be an information that would make it past yeah. the sensors, and they would say, hey, by the way, guys, so-and-so, you know, whoever Wait, happened to be the in the Super won. Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the, yeah. They, would, they would pass information along like that to you. Yeah, I still have people to say, talk about the parade and tell me all this stuff. Oh, God damn. So, yeah, there are some times, though, I'm sure you have to, what they call it, like like run silent, where you, or, you know, where you just, or at least radio silent, where you can't, for for, for locate, I mean, there's got to be elements, there's got to be spaces of time where they, they cut that off, right? Oh, yeah, you're not even allowed to have your uh, Bluetooth on your cell phone, everything's got to be off. you, You weren't in a submarine, were you, Jordan? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know, man. Thanks, if, man. If that were me, because I remember when I did my, my Grand Canyon trip, I had we had left, uh, and I think um, training camp was starting like a day or two after we had left port, so to speak. And the whole time, I'm like, I wonder what's going on in training camp. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I honestly, I couldn't wait until I could get a signal. Just my, training camp. My wife, training camp. My wife and family is fine, but what's going on with training camp? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was excited. And that was I the know, year they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But sure, uh, yeah. I could only imagine, like, if that were the case. And I knew that they were going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, like, it's. Sunday night or Monday morning, and I still don't know. I I, I think I'd go crazy. <laughs> Let me go to Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Gadzooks, Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so Jared Leto miss, has missed out. He's been 12 days at this retreat uh, and has completely missed out on what's been going on as far as the uh, coronavirus is concerned. What did you miss out on? So in 08, my stepfather got a job in the Middle East. So my whole family uprooted and moved to Abu Dhabi for the first two months and then moved over to Dubai. And while we were in Dubai, wouldn't you know it, the Phillies won the World Series. (laughs) All right. How long between the win and you finding out? Uh, It was probably a couple days because, you know, we were keeping up with all local sports through friends, family and everything. And we were we actually were able to watch part of the series, but it would have been like three in the morning at the time. Right. So it's still painful. But, yeah, I mean, well, at least they've won several times since then. (laughs) It's old hat at this point. Right. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take it easy. So it does happen. There's some other calls of uh, people who missed out on World Series and and so on for one reason or another. A lot of times is because there's a a military deployment and there's no contact from the outside. Today, whatever you do, don't miss out on what will be the singular most important sporting event 
of this year, March Sadness. And yeah. we can we can say safely, it's the only sports in America right now. Yeah. This morning, at this time, this will be the only sporting event in America taking place. And we're going to bring it to you live <laughs> in a little while. And you don't, you, hey, listen, sometimes it's embarrassing to find out uh, that you missed out something. You're a little late on it. We landed on the moon! <laughs> <laughs> no way. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We're going to go uh, live on Fox. Good day. we got bizarre file stories to share and more. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. WMMR.com. The website for everything that rocks. Music news, events, photo galleries, contests, MMR gear in the rock shop, and more. All at WMMR.com. In this day when we're at home and looking for things to occupy time and uh, maybe try out some skills, Nick tried to use, uh, I think you were trying a new way of brushing your teeth, Nick, or something along those lines? I think a lot of these things, Preston, are born out of boredom. Okay. And, uh, you mean just, in, in uh, these uncertain times, Nick? In these uncertain times, Steve, yeah. And just um, trying something new just for the sake of trying something new. And this isn't momentous. This isn't anything earth-shattering. <laughs> in fact, it's downright stupid. However, I was in the bathroom, and uh, I picked up my toothbrush with my right hand, which I always do. And then I decided, you know... I've done this enough in my life, and so I switched the toothbrush to my left hand. And I, <laughs> yeah, I am, just uh, to see if you could brush your teeth well, with your left hand, right? I'm 44, Steve. I don't think I've ever, ever brushed my teeth with my left hand. I broke God my damn, collarbone. it's time to start living. I broke my collarbone and my left uh, my left collarbone in my my 20s. I was you know I was probably I was working for Pierre, so it was 20 uh, 2002 something like that. Right. I've never had to do it. I've never been forced into doing it. So I figured I'd give it a shot, and I can't tell you how incredibly <laughs> difficult it was no to can. brush my teeth with my left hand. I found it in- exceedingly difficult, and and kind of. Um, Laughable, but also really frustrating. I remember there was a time for about five minutes that I wanted to learn how to write with my left hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. And I spent, like I said, a total of about five minutes. I mean, this is impossible. I, I will never be able to do that. So, so like, all I, I understand this need to try these things and to see, could I do this? Or, or I use this. I'll take, and I hate to break it down to a base thing, but wiping. Yeah. Wiping you, you mm-hmm. so right. So Steve, I, I posted on Twitter that I did this the other day, yeah. and uh, and I posted it. I think I posted it on Instagram as well. But um, uh, a lot of responses were either, "Hey, I broke something at one point and was forced to do this," yeah, uh, or I needed to do it um, just to see what it was like. And wiping came up over and over again, and they said that that was harder than anything else that they had to do. What I did find is that I was able to use my other hand. To wipe with my toothbrush. Oh, okay. Right. okay. And I, I could not do that. That was something I could not do the other way. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, I, that listen, quit, by the way, feels good when it hits your taint. Nice. I am so right dominant that if I ever use my left hand for anything, it's almost like I've never used hands before. Right. And But what's wild is I, beautiful. I only use my uh, phone in my left hand. Which is really, really bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. I, I try to do things that I normally do on my phone with my right hand, and I just can't do it. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you're so, I think it's something also, um, yeah. Uh, so I know why. Everything's though. right-handed, but I put, every time I, I hold the phone, I hold it with the left hand. I know why. It's probably because you use your, your right hand to do something else while you're on the phone. Or you're spanking it during your phone oh, sex. Wait no, a but, second. Uh, <laughs> if you need to write something down yes, or, or yes. something along those lines, you, or need spank have, it. you need to have your right hand free. 
Well, spanking it actually is is something. And I mean, again, not to go base again on this, but that's that's what I'm here for. Uh, and, and that's they call. Do that, you ever change? Hands? Oh yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, both are. Look involved. at you, you're so confident. Yeah, for sure. Really? Oh, wow, absolutely. ambidextrous. Yeah. Well, at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he needs some of us. Some of us have this you. issue where you need to. You know? I mean, it's just such a leviathan, <laughs> junkzilla. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, it, it makes you appreciate Da Vinci. Yeah. You know how Da Vinci was able to write. Yeah, uh, yeah ambidextrous yeah. at the same and time. At the same and time. In different languages, maybe? In different he languages. Was, he was insane how talented he was. Steve, you know, you were talking yesterday about getting frustrated by, by rollerblading or some of these things that yes. you tried in your life, skateboarding, where you, like, you just weren't good at it right away. That's how I felt with brushing my teeth with my left hand. I was so bad at it initially. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. I never need to try this again. Did it's you look like a rabid dog when you were? <laughs> well, the, yeah. The so like the, and stuff. The, the foam went everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't getting the the back of the teeth right. It just it felt weird. It felt awkward. It felt completely unnecessary. Uh, let's. I think I have a toothbrush actually in my briefcase. I may try it out here in a second. I'm going to go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Rantlers. Rantlers. <laughs> Hi, Mike. What's up, buddy? I was in. I'm in seven years clean recovery. But when you go to rehab, they actually tell you to do everything with your other hand. It actually messes with your brain to try and get that. Anything you do, kind of motion going with, hey, get out of your old habits. Start doing everything with your other hand. That okay. sort of makes sense. I guess would it? It's like rebooting your your system, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. It just pretty much says, hey, stop doing what you used to be doing and hmm. make your brain start messing with. Here, it let's give way. you something incredibly frustrating to try <laughs> while you're in recovery. Yeah, don't worry, there's always crack. Uh, Mike, how did that work out for you? Uh, I didn't do it, so I didn't. Okay. It. It too hard. And you're and you're clean. You're clean. Seven years clean. So you know. Yeah, but it was too hard wiping your butt with the other hand. I can imagine. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah. All right, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. I would imagine using the poop knife is even more difficult. Well, you probably have a poop hand. knife hand. Uh, let me go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning, personality. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's brother. Yeah. What's up, Dave? Larry. Um. A number of years back, I, I am militantly right-handed. I mean, there's nothing I can do with my left hand. But a number of years back, I burnt the palm of my right hand pretty badly. All right. Uh, you know, I, like a solid second-degree burn. Mm. And I couldn't I couldn't close my fingers for a while. So I was forced to use my left hand for everything. And while I could never master writing my name or, or even printing neatly, I noticed as I went along, I got a little bit more adapted to eating. I got a little bit more adapted at cleaning. I uh, gave myself a couple of strangers. Um, <laughs> it was it was really, I, my left hand got better. But then when my right hand recovered and I started using it again, my left hand went back to being dominant. Uh, just an appendage. Okay, uh, no. we, okay so yeah. Your I, phone's breaking up, Dave, so we're going to let you go. Interesting. Do you have a toothbrush there, Preston? Because I have some I, toilet paper. I think I'm, I might. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. both. Yeah, I have a toothbrush here. All right. All right hang on a second. All right, we're going to try I this. I have toothpaste. Today. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it to And then okay. you're not getting the full effect. Uh, <laughs> Nick? What do you think? It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> Nick, what kind of grip were you using? A Canadian or an American grip? I was using the metric system. So. Okay, that's oh, it. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's yeah. many more kilometers. 
No, I, I maybe I'm just a moron, but it was I found it to be really hard and really challenging. Uh, it's a little odd. Uh, going up and down, I think, Preston. The, yeah. the actual, the in and out, as they say in the porn industry, that's easy. Yeah. It's the up and down motion, Nick. Would you agree with that? That sort of yeah. up, that, that uh, up and down brush? I don't know. I guess I, I just, for whatever reason, it felt awkward. It felt um, ineffective. This is going to sound dumb, but I think being a drummer helps me. Uh, I bet it does. Oh, you know like what? Well, I'm drum not with a drummer. Uh, because uh, Preston, I, yeah. try to do it with your feet. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, I use my feet for playing drums, right. too. So, you know, it just the grip might All be right. different. Uh, Casey, I'm not a drummer, and I have my own toothbrush as well, so right. I'll try as well. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, it looks pretty easy. Uh. Try, try the up and down, though. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that, right? He moved it around. <laughs> You start to go like this, Steve. You start to jam it straight up. <laughs> well, I went around opposite. Instead of going like yeah. this, yeah, you want to go like, like this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's all right. It's not that hard, uh, Nick. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. I I think I think I'd be in your uh, your camp, Nick. That if I I think I probably have tried it a few times, Ooh. but uh, I don't think I. I feel at home with my right hand. Ooh, I got some good calls here. Let me go to Brittany because she's right-handed, but she switched up. Hey, uh, Brittany. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Brittany. So you you made a change, huh? Yeah, but I didn't notice it. It was like one at one point I randomly noticed that um, I'm right hand dominant, so I cut food um, with like my left hand and I eat with my right. But at uh, some point I switched that up and I cut with my right hand and I eat with my left. Okay, so you hold the fork in your left. Say if you're if you're eating steak, you hold the fork in your left and the knife would be in the right. Yes. Okay, yes. but what if you're not cutting? What if what if you're not cutting meat or something? You're I eating eat say, with soup. my right hand. You with my your right, right hand. hand. So I yes. will. Di- I think that's different because I, I, it, you're you're cutting. Preston, you're using your. Can you stop sw- uh, waving your toothbrush around? Because there's spit on <laughs> oh, it. I'm sorry. And like, I just saw a huge glob of spit go on to. <laughs> Come on, man. COVID that COVID on that thing. COVID that tea. Kathy, it was like being in church when they bless you with the with the with the yeah. water. I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. That's okay. Anyway, so uh, I, I think Brittany that that you use the knife in your dominant hand. I do. Yeah, because I do I'm, as I'm well. right-handed, but and my then, knife because that's the, that's the thing that requires more of the uh, the motion. And let's say you're cutting off a piece of steak. You've used the fork on the piece of steak that you're cutting off, so you'll just instinctively go ahead and take your left hand and move it right up to your mouth. So I do the same thing I, as well. But I, but I use the knife. You? Yeah, I didn't used to do that. You used to use the knife in your left hand. No, we. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, see, that would seem odd to me. I don't think I could cut very well with a knife in my left hand. No, me neither. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Interesting. Br- Thanks, Br- Brittany. I wonder, oh. so let, let yeah, me ask no you, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you, Preston, fork down or fork up when you're cutting? Uh, when you're cutting steak. So, meaning that the fork curves away from me? The, the, the curve of the fork is down towards the steak or, or up? When, when cutting steak, yes, it's down. Okay. Now, a lot of Europeans... What about when you're cutting soup? Nick will point out mm. this as well, that Europeans will eat... With their fork pointed down, and yeah. and what they what they and they they will they'll take say you're going to eat some meat and then put something on top of that well you know mashed potatoes whatever it be if you go gravy they, <laughs> they put it on the back of the fork mashed potatoes and gravy <laughs> and they keep it in their left hand Americans switch hands back to the right hand yeah. holding the fork, whereas Europeans will keep the fork in the left hand when they've cut it and then bring yeah. the fork to their mouth with their left hand. Have you ever noticed that if you eat steak below the equator, you can't raise the <laughs> fork up? No. Yeah, it's something with the gravitational right. 
It's the natural yeah. movement of the it's earth. Like with the water going yeah. down a drain. Right. It's the biz- I've never had steak in uh, below the equator, so never. Never like in Bolivia or anything? No, nah, never, ever. <laughs> All right. Bolivia's below the equator. Uh, Probably. Let me go. Yes. I, I have a couple of uh, ambidextrous uh, people on the line, so let's go to Brian, who's, who happens to be. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, good morning. So you, you have sex with, with both sexes? <laughs> uh, only on Thursdays. Okay, yeah. I got you. No, no, you're ambidextrous, so you're right and left-handed. You're right and left-handed, yeah, and especially with shooting and stuff like that. When I when I go out target shooting and stuff like that, pistols uh, and rifles, I shoot them left or right-handed. Wow. And baseball, when I played baseball as a kid, I could left or right-handed catch, left or right-handed bat. Wow. Okay, this- well, that makes you a valuable commodity what what about have you, do you do any any fighting have you ever boxed no no okay. no um yeah because i'm curious if you could fight you know right both box, ways yeah southpaw and, and regular gay and straight gay and straight <laughs> I, I don't know uh brian how about writing uh writing i wasn't so good at it until i got bit by a dog because i'm actually right hand same old story i got bit by a dog and I had, for, I had to force myself to write left hand. Yeah, you either get rabies or you become ambidextrous. Yeah, he bit you on the leg, but for some reason, you could, no, I, I assume your hand got bitten? Yes, my hand got bitten. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Steve, uh, wasn't Rocky a southpaw? Thanks, Brian. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was he? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. It, and in fact, I forgot what movie it was. They train him to fight right-handed, you remember. And he comes out, and it's all the big surprise that Rocky is... I'm uh, Ambifleximus. It was fighting your what? Ambifleximus. Ambifleximus. <laughs> uh, it, I wonder if that was Rocky IV or not. Well, he... he no, he says in the first why, movie, yeah. Yeah, why he's a southpaw. It's just no, I know he's a southpaw, but, but it, Mick, they, they train him eventually right. to fight right-handed in one of the movies. That's right, they train a chicken to his hand. What's that, Nick? <laughs> no, it's just uh, his explanation as to why he's a southpaw facing to the south is one of the, my favorite moronic... Rocky moments. Okay. Uh, I gotta be honest, I don't remember. Yeah. All I know is I want to kiss you. (laughs) (laughs) You had to face to the south. Nothing. South, South Paul, South America, (laughs) south of the border, fireworks, 4th of July, (laughs) 95, long car trips, I have to take a pee, daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom. I thought it had to do with a a fighter from New Jersey, Uh, he tells the story about that. Yeah, New Jersey Slim. Uh, and being uh, uh, being uh, south, uh, south. Maybe that guy had like to that. face toward the south. I don't. He I just remember North him. North Pole Pete. Apparently, it's Rocky Two. I just got a text. Okay, that that they teach him to fight right-handed. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, my okay. friend John. All right, he, he likes to text me via Facebook Messenger, which I find annoying. John, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, you know, use his phone number. Stop using Facebook. Messenger, use regular text. How do they? How do they train? You're better than that. You're better than that. Use Twitch. (laughs) Twitch. (laughs) Queeby. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Something. Hulu. Let me see. We'll go to uh, Kathy. She does a. She teaches people uh, training in uh, hand dominance. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank you. All right, Kathy, you teach hand dominance training? Yeah, um, I'm an occupational therapy assistant. Okay. Um, and when I worked in, like, subacute rehab settings, uh, say if you had a stroke or broke your hand or had an amputation, one of the things I would do was actually teach people how to use their non-dominant hand. So that that's fascinating. 
yeah, that's that's got to be something that's different. Now, when you're doing hand dominance, do you put a studded glove on the hand that you want to be the dominant one? Uh, a, like a, a like a dominatrix. Oh, like, oh, so she's a dominatrix. Oh my god! <laughs> so the, the idea of of like we had the guy who was in rehab who was talking about uh, changing his you know trying to change that whole thing. It's got to be incredibly difficult to get someone that's been living one way to convert over, right? Oh, absolutely. It's not easy, but it, it would definitely work. I'm surprised he didn't try to do that. Mm. It's like, you know, changing uh, your neural pathways and all that good stuff. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. it's So my, my older brother has terrible, terrible handwriting, and it's so bad that I sometimes I wonder if... If it'd be better the other way, yeah. Just scrap it and start with the other hand. And, yeah, maybe and begin from scratch. Because I, you know, I, you know, Catholic school's an interesting place, and you know, maybe they're only taught to write with their right hands. So, and like, well, let, let me ask, uh, uh, Kathy, what's so? If someone was interested in doing that, or just or wanted to take take a crack at it, what's the best methodology to employ to attempt, say, becoming if you're right hand dominant, becoming left hand dominant? So one of the things you can do is actually uh, you can, like, tie up your dominant hand so that you're forced to not use it at all and start doing things with that other hand. And, uh, so you just force it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's interesting, Kathy, because right, the way you said neural path, it's... Um, so it, when when playing drums, when trying to figure out a a complex drum part that right. that involves all four limbs, and they have to go in a certain order, and some work together and some work separate, and if if you if it feels unnatural to you, you slow it down and you practice it very slowly, and over time you start to feel um, the pieces coming together slowly, and I guess you're building. That pathway that this information travels, and the more you do it, the more second nature it becomes? Absolutely. You know, I'm a guitar player, too, so it's kind of the same thing. You divide things up in half and just work on that one side before you throw in the other. Yes. Huh. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. Uh, you know, it involves work. And yeah. That, uh, yeah. 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 Thanks, Kathy. I appreciate it. Well, th listen, yeah, it does involve work. I mean, I've been working on some songs that are that are complex in nature, and I have to take them piece by piece and do these little pieces and just work out this little section and eventually find a way to string them together. Uh, and it does take slowing it down and repeating it over and over and over until you feel it, until it feels natural. I just I think that uh, there are certain people that will never, no matter how hard they try and practice, will never be able to get to a certain level. Like I would never oh, to a certain level. Yeah, yeah sure. I will never be able to be a uh, as good a drummer as you. Or you know, I have a friend who decided to play guitar at a you know pretty late stage in his life, and it was because. He, he thought, well, I can change the channels on my remote without looking, so how hard could it be to actually play the guitar? And, uh, seems and like a, a logical jump. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I can operate Dude. my TV remote. I could probably be a flamenco guitarist. Dude, I've, I've sat in my car and actually had this yeah. thought. Okay. okay. So in the morning, on cold mornings, when, I've got, when I'm getting ready to drive and I have to adjust the, uh, you know, the... the uh, uh, the defrost right. and and this and that and put it in gear and do this. Oh and I'm my like, god! I could fly a jet. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I could I could do all this. Yeah, I could, this is just a step by step procedure. I could I figure this out. Now I've adjusted the defrost and the side view mirrors. We're ready to take off. <laughs> uh, don't turn really the radio know down. The engine stuff that much. But I'm <laughs> throttles forward. I'm assuming. 
<laughs> I could do this. Yeah. 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 No. 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 Uh, the on, the radio is on, and the side views are adjusted. Enjoy your flight. If you do take things step by step, you can relearn them, I think. And, and it's just, it's the patience uh, of of taking the time and I do. repetitive nature and just keep at it and, and keep practicing. That's how I learned the glockage reel. Oh, no, the, 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 um, I, I will tell you this. We talked about um, my thing. It's the thing that you love. So my thing is learning, uh, like, you know, uh, audio software and, and the video software. I told you I'm doing that now. And, and, and those things, gadgets, all that stuff. If you If you enjoy it. Uh, Kathy, Kathy's love of ventriloquism, if, her ability to do yeah. that is just amazing. But I mean, if you ha- if you if you love something, uh, you'll you'll stick with it. I just I I don't need to you know learn to use my left hand for other I, stuff. I wonder, like, for people who are left hand dominant, if doing things like ri- uh, driving a stick shift is is more difficult for them. Let's say, um, yeah, if, it if has they to lived be. in England, you know, and right. you know, maybe oh well, finally this actually feels natural. I'm moving to England. Right. <laughs> uh, hang on, let me go to Claire. Hi, Claire. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Claire. So you you had to make a switch in your from oh, your dominant man. hand. I did. I went to dental hygiene school right out of high school years and years ago, and I had to, I'm left-handed, and I had to learn how to work with my right hand. That's the only way it was set up. What was, so, so because the equipment was such that it it, it didn't work with a left-handed... Operator right. and and way back then, you, every, everything was right-handed. I mean, this is in the the seven late sixties, early seventies. So I learned how to do it. I was young. I'm like, okay, I can learn something new. And so I worked my whole career as a right-handed hygienist, but I am dominant left hand. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder in that case, um, you know, uh, Claire, if there are other occupations where you you are forced. To learn your other hand to operate something, right? I mean, well, there there has yeah. to be some sort of equipment, especially just by nature of the design of the equipment, that yeah. mandates you yeah. learn to become dominant with the other hand. Yeah. Well, I, I think so, too. I think, well, the whole world is. I mean, my kitchen, you know, sewing machines and, you know, different things, everything set up for the right-handed person. And, of course, I was young. I didn't know to say no. I so, well, but now the equipment, you can work on either side. Okay. So, but in the beginning, you know, now I am retired now, but I still do most of the stuff with my left hand. Okay. What's the name of Ned Flanders' uh, left-handed, the lefterium, is that it? Leftorium. Leftorium, yes, yeah. all left-handed stuff. Hendrix is a left-handed guitar player, but only had a right-handed guitar, right? That's correct. He restrung it. He flipped the Stratocaster upside down and restrung it. They didn't make left-handed guitars, I don't think, at the time. So. Crazy. Do they make yeah. left-handed drum kits? Uh, sure. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just you you move the pieces around and, yeah. and set them up left-handed. Do you remember in grade school the left-handed scissors? Mm. Yeah. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. They, had, they, right. they, they, had like they were a, right-handed scissors, and you just flipped them over. <laughs> no. no, but they were they had like little green um, finger holes. Here you go. Try cutting. Try cutting stuff with a pair of scissors with your left hand. Yes. That always messes me up. <laughs> and and it's uh it just feels odd. Yeah. And the blades are set up. Yeah, Im- improperly for you to use them efficiently with well, your left hand. For years, wasn't a case in at Catholic school, didn't they? You you had yeah. to, you were taught to yes, you had to learn to do things with your right hand. Yeah. Yeah. Ringo Starr is left-handed. He was forced by his parents to to learn how to do things and and play and be right dominant huh. because of 
Left-handed is bad. Yeah, it's the, the devil. It's the, it's the, the hand the of the devil. Hand or so, so, like uh, but I wonder. What, sinister. Sinister. What? No, it is that the, the the Latin word for sinister comes from uh, the Latin word for left-handed. So, um, the the entire etymology of the word sinister is <laughs> because crazy. it was based oh on people God. being evil because they were left-handed. Wow. So, when you're born, do you so? Is your mind just arbitrarily wired to a a, a hand preference? Or is Probably, it, is it, yeah. is it, I mean, is it just environmentally no, here, created? I, here's here's the deal. I, my uh, friends that have, uh, they're called mirror twins. Okay. So they're identical twins, but one twin is all right-handed. The other right. twin is all left-handed. It's wild. It's really, okay. really, yeah. And they're actually pretty decent athletes. So like on the soccer field, one you would have one on the right side, one on the left side. Uh, I'm looking at the phone screener, and I thought they said, Jesus is ambidextrous. Mainly I'm right-handed. Sure he is. No, it's Jesus. Oh. Is ambidextrous. Oh well. And so I need to go to that phone call. Let me go to Jesus. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the second time y'all made fun of my name. I love it. It's just the way it looks on the call screen. Yeah. Hey, Jesus, how you doing, man? Good. What's up, bud? Yeah. Um. I'm in. Ah, we're losing you. I- uh, hello? Can yeah, you yeah, start yeah. again? Okay. I'm ambidextrous myself, but I believe I was born left-handed. The only reason why I say that is because my grandmother forced me to use everything with my right hands when I was young. And I asked her why. Like, she's like, well, because it's the witch. It's the witch stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> witch stuff? Yeah, well, the left hand. As Nick was pointing out, that there's a sinister, right? So I guess that's something that stuck. But now, so much so... How, how, when do you feel, uh, Jesus, that you got to the point where you became right-hand dominant? Um, in my school years. Okay. I still use my left hands with everything. I still write with my re- left hand. I, I write better in cursive, believe it or not, with my left hand than my right. Huh. The the idea of writing with my left hand is, is completely alien to me. I could not even yeah, come close to it. You know what it is? Mm-mm. You were talking about um, drumming. Yep. Believe it or not, it's all muscle memory. Yeah. Once you learn how to drum... You know how to drum. Yep. It's like it's like riding a bicycle. You can't forget. Yeah. Yep. And believe it or not, you know, I, I I eat a bowl of cereal with my right hand, and I try with my left hand, and I eat with my left hand. Oh, and but cereal you'll do right-handed. Cereal I do right-handed. What about what about oatmeal? <laughs> oatmeal. <laughs> what about soup? I'm, I'm gonna tell you that like, there be times I be using certain hands that I don't know that I'm using because I can't tell. Yeah. Only my wife would let me. It's like, why are you using that hand? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what you're talking about. That's awesome. Oh, that was the first time for that hand. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jesus. Well, like, I, I, can't, I can't tell, but thank you. All right, thank you. Appreciate it, Bob. Okay. Talk to you, man. Cool. Let me ask you guys something. When it comes to uh, sexy time with your with your wives, right. do you prefer to be on one side or the other because you're better with one hand than the other? Mm, no. Okay. So, <sighs> damn. I, I usually let... The stuff I'm not good at, I let the other guy do. <laughs> Is that the same for you guys? Yep. Yeah. 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 That's why I bring in the left-handed guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, left? No, I've never yeah, thought left about you. that. Are you available tonight? I, I, don't, I don't prefer to be on, the, on either side. Yeah, I was just wondering, too. Okay. Well, you, you, you have a preference. I have no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> why did you even bring that up? How come this part of the bed is so depressed? Casey, I think Marissa sent over the uh, the Rocky clip to Southpaw. Yes, she did. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hear it. Here we go. Southpaw moves your left hand, and then Southpaw throws your timing off. You see? Other guys throws their timing off, makes them look awkward. Nobody wants to look awkward. You know where Southpaw came from? 
Huh? That's from the first. Thing. They're in. They're in the skating rink. Yeah. 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 A long time ago, there was this guy. Maybe a couple hundred years ago, he was fighting in the. Uh, he was fighting around. I think it was around Philadelphia. And his arm. He was left-handed. His arm was facing towards New Jersey. You see, and that's South. So then, actually, they call him South Paw. <laughs> you see, South Paw, South Jersey, South Camden, South Paw. And there it is. But, He's just making stuff up. Yeah, a couple yeah. hundred years ago. <laughs> and the point so is New Hampshire, which is south of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire, south Vermont, south Canada, south of New Jersey, south. I really need to sit down. Come <laughs> minutes. All right. Anyway. Uh, you may want to uh, you may want to try changing the hand up and seeing. You never know. You might be uh, you might have a, a skill that you weren't. Or aware you of. might put your eye out with your toothbrush. You could do that too. So please be careful. Or you might start flinging spit around the studio, <laughs> yeah. which I was doing earlier, and I apologize for. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. WMMR.com. A great way to stay up to date on the latest rock news and station happenings. Listen live via your laptop, the free mobile app, or just tell your smart speaker to play MMR. From Preston and Steve's Daily Rush to Pierre's Weekend Calendar and the latest on Jackson's Local Shots. It's everything that rocks your computer. Head over to the contest page for the busy Resolution Season Poll, where you can enter to win $250 and a mini vacation in Vermont just for answering one simple question. Pick up some busy hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C at a retailer near you. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. Our next two guests are in the studio as we speak. We love their show. It's on ABC Wednesday nights at 8.30. It is school. It's right after the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs are so good, they had to have a show. And they did it. They did a great one. A great spinoff. Absolutely. So we welcome to our studio. Uh, we have A.J. Mashaka, who's here. Yeah! And Brett Dyer. Yeah! Hey, guys. I had to pause for a moment before I said your last name, AJ, because I didn't know it was Machaka. That's okay. It's uh, it's spelled Machalka. True. But is that um, is that like a Greek name or Czech? It's Czech. Czech. Yeah, okay. CH is like an SH in the Alice Silence. So okay. I always tell people, think of Machaka like Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. There you go. Yeah. You know who got it right, right. the other night was uh, Alex Trebek. You were. How cool was that? That was amazing. And I uh, was mispronouncing it. And then I trust Alex. And he said it. And he said it right. And it was really incredible. It was really impressive. Were you well, watching when it happened? No. Someone sent me the clip of yeah. a friend. And I was blown away. It's what? on your Instagram. So, yeah. You, it, it, do you remember what the, question, what the clue was, as they say, since you provide the question? That's right. That's yeah. right. And it was all about the spinoff. Do you know AJ Mashaka, who, you know, is on the spinoff, plays a music teacher, and there was complete dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It's my favorite part of the video. I mean, yeah. all three of them are just, like, completely blank. Well, you had Jeopardy contestants, I think, two days before that who no, they didn't know who uh, Adam Schiff was. So so there you go. Oh, you're, you're, well. There you go. There's, sometimes you, you miss one. But it's still it's cool okay. to just be a clue. It's so cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and Alex said the name, you're right, perfectly. Yeah. I was blown away. I was like, well done, Trebek. So schooled, we were talking about. And we love. Yeah. We love. Uh, first off, we love Adam Goldberg, and he's a local guy, as you you well know, and uh, and uh, the Goldbergs came out of the the gate. Uh, the, the character of Lainey Lewis appears, uh, you know, as sort of a uh, sporadic guest, and then you're made a full cast member. And then, uh, and I, I, I immediately, you had such a good. Um, interaction with the other cast members and there was just a chemistry there that they made you the, the full-time 
uh, cast member, and then here comes Schooled. I mean, yeah. this is this has been a wild process for you, especially since you you're, you've been acting, but you're also a musician. Yeah. You guys are both. Uh, Brett, you're both like Jack. Give it up, Brett Dyer in the house. Yeah. 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 Brown on hey, what's up, guys? Uh, that's deeper now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changes when he's on radio. Yeah. So, are you guys? Do we hear correctly? You're actually going to go visit Penn Charter after this, the school that's featured yes. in in Schooled. Yes. We're so excited. We've never been. Oh, yeah. cool. That is really cool. It's funny. We had Tim Meadows in here when he initially was he was promoting the Goldbergs. He had no idea that the show took place in Philadelphia. Yeah, he had no, wait, you're kidding me. I know. I swear to that's God. So Tim. He was yeah, Tim. he was sitting right here, oblivious to that fact. <laughs> so that. Uh, amazing. But, but you play um, CB yes. Brown, who is an actual person, correct? Yeah, he's going to be monitoring monitoring the assembly. Yeah. yeah, when we go to the school, right? And, and it's occasionally, as they do, like in the Goldbergs, uh, as they do in the Goldbergs, you, you will uh, you'll sit at the end of the show and you'll talk to your your counterpart. Yeah, and uh, you so you've obviously met him, and mm-hmm. he gives the thumbs up to your portrayal, correct? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he likes it. it. He seems to like it. Yeah, yeah. but you guys like, also are very similar. Yeah, like, we're we're, we're like we're nerds. We're nerd. The thing we're is, is, you're not as you're, you're you're sort of you have some like badass attributes that are like you're like a it's unless this information is incorrect. You got taekwondo, right? Yes, that is true. You're a parkour. Uh, yes, aficionado. Uh, uh, what you call a parkourist? Or what a is a parkour he? guy? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a parkour guy in real life. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um. So like, I follow this guy Tanner something or other. He's in Southern California. Do you know who I'm talking about? I've heard. I've seen. Okay. Him. He just flips every everywhere. Every, everywhere. So and uh, and I I love that. But he does these things where I'm like, you know, eventually, aren't you worried that like one of these times when you land, your knees are just going to completely buckle and then your your bones are going to come out of your skin? Well, I feel like if I start <laughs> thinking that, it'll yeah. happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad. But I, I did break my ankle jumping over a parking structure. Oh like, my god. Five years ago. You did? No. Yeah. That was intense. We understand you injured your sack while performing break dancing. I on, did injure on... my sack. Yeah. <laughs> It almost ripped. I had to tape it back together. Because you are you break dance as well. I do break dance. Well, I, I, I want to go back to the parkour thing uh, real quick. Do you, you want to go back to the sack? <laughs> We've had enough of the sack. Okay. Uh, when you are going to do when you're going to I don't know if the words perform or what what anyway when you're going to do a a stunt uh, uh-huh. let's per se. Uh, do you do you do it spontaneously? Do you say, "Oh, that looks like I could jump off of that," or do you run through a an actual course and have a plan of what you're going to do ahead of time? The, the best it only works when you don't plan it. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, is that because you're more inclined to just go for it rather the yeah. second you hesitate is the second you're lost? Exactly. Okay. You got to just kind of trust your body in which direction it wants to go in that moment. For me, the second that I'm uh, that I hesitate is the second that will save my life because <laughs> I won't do it at all. Oh, and I, that's that's how I. <laughs> well, you can look at it like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've watched actual parkour competitions, and they're I mean, really, really. Really entertaining. Have you ever watched that? Like, yeah, it's absolutely. like ESPN, yeah. ESPN two or whatever. Have you ever competed in something like that? No, I haven't. Okay. Have, have you seen Red Bull BC one, the the breakdance championship? No, no. those are insane. <laughs> you gotta watch these. Have you All ever right. seen Break In? Listen. <laughs> Listen, I was watching oh yesterday. Gosh, so this uh, uh, this dance group Shen Yun is oh, in yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys ever this. seen this? Yeah, I was, I was the, watching the like the like LA. the training yeah. video for that. It's these people aren't even human beings. Yeah. They're superheroes. <laughs> There's like prods up the butt for those people. Uh, <laughs> they were it literally. Makes Cirque du Soleil look like 
a joke. Like nothing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're saying. We're talking physical. <laughs> a bunch of losers, really, yeah. in Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. They're, they're really. Oh, like... I love Cirque. Oh, right. I'm a huge Cirque fan. I've seen like 22 shows. No way. No, I'm not kidding. Okay. That's a, I've so that's your thing. thing. <laughs> but still, I've seen a lot. Thumb. So what What are your, uh, besides acting, you know, we have we have Brett here who does parkour. That's uh, Music. Yeah, what's your thing? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever almost torn your sack? <laughs> no, thank you, okay. God. Um, yeah, music's my bang. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have like a like a crazy skill like that. Like I, I, I horseback ride. That's like the most physical it gets for me. Well, I follow you on Instagram. You and your sister are have have a, a group, and you, yeah. you and and she's a, 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 a appears to be a, a very talented musician. Yeah, she's and amazing. so you, you you juggle both those things. Uh, and and so she's been at music for a long time. Did you write? Did you guys write or sing the a song that appeared in the movie Secretariat? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That was actually so I was in that film. I played Diane's Diane Lane's daughter and then the the soundtrack came about in a really cool way. The director found out that I was a musician and right. he was like, Would you mind kind of helping me co write this song that could kind of be played as like the main trailer theme? And so I ended up recording the main title track, which was really cool. But that was something I did on my own. It's the only thing I had ever really done like solo, which I can never see myself doing. Really? I'm do yeah. Solo. Yeah. Uh, I it- love you guys seem to have a good uh, a good uh, synergy, good yeah. You us. you and your sister, but uh, I think what is a cool thing is because you're all. We had uh, Haley Arantia. That's how Arantia. Uh, God, I always yeah. mispronounce no, her name. Okay. She's a sweetheart, though. I she was in the her studio. So much. She's obviously a musician, but the show Goldberg's and School yeah. provide you with a lot of both of you a lot of opportunity to exploit that musical thing. There was an Indigo Girls yeah. episode that uh, and Lilith Fair and all this yeah. stuff. It takes place in the 90s for people that, that don't know. All the references are just like right at the time our show started, you know, uh, which is which is really cool. That's cool. But uh, just recently impressed, and they did, they performed um, that whole episode that dealt with Rush on the Goldbergs yep. and Neil Peart just died. I know. Are, are you, are you uh, so... Do you lobby for that, or do they just throw that at you because they know you got the chops to do it? All, all these, all this musical input on the show. No, they throw it at us, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Like, I, I find that really fun. I mean, our production moves really fast, so it's like, oh hey, you're singing a Beastie Boys song. Nope, don't have the rights. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be singing Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, it's very off the cuff. Like yeah. it flies, yeah. and that's what you have to do when you're on like a show that takes place in the '80s or the '90s. You're constantly chasing rights and figuring out exactly what you can get away with in terms of you know pop culture throwback. But and we have so, a blast. I mean, yeah. they write for us. Like they know our talents and they write for it, which I think is incredible. It says a lot about the writing. I had to staff. lobby for. My my break dancing though. Oh, yeah. did you? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes um, they're like, it doesn't really fit the scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you you also yeah. juggle and you 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 well, juggle a lot and you. Oh. They wrote that in, and they made you learn juggling. And I had to learn in two, uh, two days or something. I, 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 learned how to juggle. I thought you. I thought this guy's good, and it's I said amazing. to Preston, "Bring because Preston juggles." Yeah, I you forgot did? to bring him uh, in. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah because said, this guy's good. Bring bring your juggling. Brett is Here, the we type. Got a you can ask him to do anything, <laughs> and he'll pick it up. He'll, do it. Not he'll pick it up in <laughs> seconds. It's crazy. <laughs> no, I wouldn't juggle with those. Marissa is already looking for something. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Those are three different things that are uh, awesome. way different. Oh, jeez. A, a, a stapler, and what else did you have in there? And a little shaker. Yeah. Yeah. shaker egg, yeah. Amazing. Wow, that was yeah. incredible. All right, real quick. Um, uh, who sang the Celine Dion song in the uh, Titanic episode uh, two days ago? Oh, that was me. That was oh, you. Yeah. Wow. Because I'm listening to it. 
And I'm like, wait a second, this isn't Celine Dion. And then I was like, wait a second, this is really good. So oh, that was you. you. Yeah. My heart will go on. Yeah, they asked me to record kind of the, the end montage. Yeah, uh, as they're saying, uh, no jacking over here, uh, no jacking <laughs> right. in the parking lot. To explain, right. everyone was was, was right. copying uh, Jack's uh, I'm the king of the world thing. And so they had no to put jacking here, yeah. no jacking yeah. here. That's incredible. <laughs> that could mean so many things. With so the many. show going so fast as it does, and we you know, we, we love Brian Kalen who's on the, the show as well, and uh, Coach Meller and, and and he's he's on you know both you know uh, now now and then he'll appear on the Goldberg still. Uh, it's very kinetic. Do you actually ever get to see any of the finished episodes? Yeah, I yeah. watch every week. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah, I yeah. didn't see Titanic because we were traveling. I think we were on the plane when it aired, but um, I try to watch all of them. I, right. I truly enjoy the show, but also it, it it actually helps my performance. I know a lot of actors yeah. are against watching themselves. I are I you both that way? Great. You both you, you I like, like to, to see watch it? I learn a lot from uh, myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best influence you've ever had. I really owe a lot to myself. I look up to myself. (laughs) You one day hope to meet yourself. I am an inspiration. Uh, It's good to meet me. (laughs) What's it like having being around Brian Callen all the time? Because that's got to be a trip. It is absolutely insane. He's hilarious. He never stops. The guy stop. is yeah. a thunderstorm yeah. all the time. He he never stops. He's all and it's so genuine and it's so him and yeah. he's hilarious and he really keeps like energy, morale, everything mm-hmm. is at a ten it's all awesome. the time. And I think it really sets the tone on set. I think this? I saw him lay down once and then he woke up going, Oh my shoulders and they did a whole bit out of shoulders instantly. <laughs> there, there are some comedians that, that, you know, work on their routine and they really have to they really have to forge the material. It just pours out of him yes. all the time. All day long. Yes. Yeah. What's what's cool is again follow him follow the the cast on Instagram or, or, or Twitter and you'll see there's tons of behind the scenes stuff. You're always like kind of waiting for a scene or something and you'll shoot a lot of stuff that's uh that's very cool uh with with the show and and with the um the visit to the school today what what is what is planned with uh with the visit are you you just going to actually going to speak to the class you're just going to take a tour or what's going to go I think we're speaking are I we I think we're speaking really we're speaking a tour I don't know um, what I'm going to talk about. I don't either. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> we'll talk about him. You won't believe how impressive I am. Have you guys <laughs> met me yet? <laughs> you really need to. It's going to be fun. I think we're going to do a little Q&A with the real Chuck Brown. Um, we're going to speak to the kids, maybe take some questions from them. Um Take a tour, and then the Wawa is like going to cater. Oh, yeah. nice! Yeah, eat hoagies and pretzels. Have you ever been? Because you're 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 West Coast primarily, right? West Coast, but just being on tour, I've hit up the Wawa on purpose for Adam Goldberg. Good. Like I've taken photos at a Wawa. Like I, I do like a Wawa tour when I'm on the East Coast. Very. What do you think? Um. Not I mean, my it's favorite. A, it's a convenience store. It's I convenient. mean, you know. yeah, yeah. It's way better than Seven Eleven. It's uh, better than Tim Hortons. Like, it's definitely the high up. <laughs> I think it's the top of the that chain. There you go. Canadian. All right, that's that, that's that's good praise. Hey, Are did you, guys... you hear that Canadian boy? It's better than Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, know. I said that for you, Brett. <laughs> I know. It, it, Tim Hortons kind of went downhill a little bit. Did, did it? A little bit. Really? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. yeah, they did. They're not a sponsor. Uh, I've never been to a Tim Hortons, so I yeah, can't speak of the quality. Well, according to Brett, you're not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> I went to one uh, the, the, in uh, October. I was up in Niagara, and I thought it was okay. It's fine. It was okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's legend proceeds it, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a donut place. Well, basically. it's, it's like Wawa. If you're going there all the time, you eventually love it. And I would imagine the same thing. So I just find Wawa's interior more impressive. Like it yes. actually looks like a pretty high end mart. Yeah. Like, 
Let me tell you something, man. Awesome. I have to say this, AJ. Competitive meatballs at Wawa, and a lot of people don't give them credit for that. Oh, I've heard they're amazing. Amazing meatballs. We used to actually for for about a couple years on the show, Preston would eat nothing in the morning. That was my breakfast. (laughs) Really? Meatballs in a cup. Interesting. He lost 75 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, for real? Yeah, well, yeah. I stopped eating them then. Yeah. <laughs> Six meatballs in a cup for me. Good for you. Wow. It's a meatball diet. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, it was, uh, it was low carb, you know, so look at it that way. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of Adam Goldberg and, you know, the, the local nature of the, uh, the subject, and be, uh, are there things that have to be explained to you as far as some of the local references uh, in and around the, the Philly yeah. area? Uh, most of it I'm pretty familiar with okay. because I'm I'm so used to the Goldberg's world now. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to think back on, like, season one and if some things had to be explained. I definitely didn't know what the Wawa was. Right. Oh, Jenkintown, I didn't know what that was. We okay. actually, our first, the first time Preston and I worked together, the radio station, was in Jenkintown. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, really? So it yep. even has an extra special, uh, um, you know, uh, memory for us. Totally. When it, when when uh, Goldberg's, when the Goldberg's first came on, I couldn't believe that it was in Jenkintown. It was in Jenkintown. I mean, Aww. this place was a dump, but it was a... It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that is so awesome. I yeah. love that you guys actually like had your station started in James. Totally. Well, That's he's amazing. he's called he's called uh, Adam himself. Has we've you know interviewed him a number of times. Immediate fans of the show, and he's he's sort of um, hit us up for uh, information or, or memories from the area. And actually, that episode that took place uh, where Barry goes on his bachelor party yep. to the club pulsations and the robot and everything <laughs> that was that was we, we, got, got, the robot. we got him the robot we got him the robot yeah, yeah 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 mm-hmm. that was you guys yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite episodes we have connections oh my gosh i'm so impressed oh, yeah. can we take that robot to william penn charter <laughs> yeah just well, hang out i want to ask you about going to the school because there are um, so many issues that are were issues in the 90s for kids that are issues now for kids and I, i'm wondering uh, what what translates most from kids in 2020 to kids in the 90s do you think? Like, what, what issues are just as important now as they were then? The same insecurities exist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and the insecurities and the way they manifest are different. Like, they, they yeah. can manifest over social media. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But peer pressure and those types of things are consistent. Bullying, mm-hmm. all of that still exists. Yeah. Do you know, it's cool, though, you guys play, you guys play, you're not, because uh, we always used to see these, you know, teachers where you're in school as, oh, all right, they're, they, they're not... But you're flawed. You've all got your issues. Lainey's kind of finding herself, continues to find herself, forging a, a friendship as in the Titanic episode with, uh, or, or us finding out about CB's uh, adoration yeah. uh, for her. But these things that, you know, sort of finding your way, and, and I think that's that's cool. A lot of times, you know, when when you're in school, you don't, uh, no one no one understands me. But to have to have a relationship like is depicted in those, in, the, in the, both shows, primarily schooled, where you could go talk to a teacher is a, is a cool thing. I don't. I don't think kids kind of think of that as much as an option these days. So, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's why you know Principal Glasscott's character is so important. He played our guidance counselor on Goldberg's, and now here he is as the principal. And it's like, if you really kind of listen to the way Glasscott not only kind of informs you know Laney's. Uh, uh, excitement and knowledge about how to become a better teacher but how he speaks to students is really really cool yeah it's, and, and he's real but by, by the way the, the i mean yeah yeah so yeah he is real john glasscott yeah. right right and uh, the guy clearly cares about the kids he really does uh, and, and it starts and the, at the top the show has always been geared as a celebration we do a thing at the end of the the school year preston wanted to do it which is uh the coolest teacher awards oh, so cool. do one every day and Aww. so school is actually doing that all the time with yeah. showing how formative 
teachers have been in these in these kids' lives. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. That's really neat. Thank what, you for noticing that. Uh, absolutely. Cool. It was one of the coolest parts getting to see what was inside the teacher's lounge when you, yeah. uh, you, took, you took the game because that was always, you yeah. couldn't, couldn't go in the teacher's lounge. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I want to see the teacher's lounge today at, at, at Penn <laughs> Yeah, I want to go in there. our teacher's lounge is really boring. It's like our fridge is empty because it's all fake. <laughs> oh, it's right. all fake. So yeah, like, yeah. None of it's real. Sink doesn't work. Sink doesn't work. No, it's ridiculous. Toilets don't flush. I found that out. Well, that's disgusting. Brett demolished the set. <laughs> it's that Tim Hortons. Yeah, it really. Yeah. It I had a bagel. Tears you up inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the teacher's lounge on set is, is there's nothing fancy going on, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a real one. So with now the Goldbergs will you know we don't know what the story is as far as how much is uh, longer in in that arc. Um, and school is still young. Is is there a point at which because you guys are such a prominent part? Watching syndication, you know, which starts at 7.30 and then on, on a Wednesdays go right into the new episode of Goldberg's in school. So my wife and I spend a great deal of time with with you. Mm. Uh, so what what is the long-term goal right now for the Goldberg's? Do we know how it's going to play out? How many more seasons or... I, we don't know. No, I, mean, okay, yeah. I mean, I hope that that show lasts nine, ten years and that yeah. schools can follow behind. I mean, I hope that school also has a life outside of Goldberg's. You know, that if for some reason Goldberg's also hits its expiration, that school will be able to kind of live on to have a shot as long as Goldberg's did. It does. I mean, the, the, I, I think it has that. You potential. have a, It's all about the ensemble. And you. it's been you guys have been tweaking with it, but everyone, I think, just brings something to it that makes it work. You know, everyone and everyone gets their moment. It's not dominated by one person you know it, 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 it works truly uh I'm, I'm always curious about people who are on a uh, a series because that's uh, in in the acting world that's pretty close to a nine to five is i mean it's a it's a it's a job you can count on it's going to be there as long as the seasons are still coming uh, are you able to do other things or do you just strictly work on the show and that's it well for me i get I get tired pretty quick. <laughs> you get tired quickly, huh? It's all the physical well, activity. It's all the, yeah, break dancing and my sore Your sack, sack yes. man. That alone, you have to ice that, I'm sure. But like, do you keep frozen peas in that fridge? I have them on right now. <laughs> They're leaking. Can you tell? Um, but we, we probably end shooting in April 10th or something around there. And then I'll probably just sit around for about a month and a half. <laughs> And then maybe, and then I'll then I'll get back into auditioning maybe and stuff. Yeah, yeah, other stuff. All right, that's amazing. Hey, by the way, (laughs) it does um, does consume your life for those like seven, eight months. It really does take over. Yeah, I can't imagine with the hours and all that stuff. It's like twelve hours. The memorizing the lines is the hardest for me. We we are so we are constantly marvel at the ability to retain lines of dialogue because Preston and I occasionally have been asked to do little. 30-second promo Even thing. 10 seconds. 10 things. seconds. Yeah, and you would think we were it. learning King Lear. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> we are so stupid. And and no no ability to retain anything like that. <laughs> to, to, do you get any latitude if you deliver a line and it's sort of in the ballpark and it's good? Is that okay? Or does it have to be immaculate Sometimes. every time? Sometimes it's not okay. It depends, it depends on how important it the line is. It depends on who's is. kind of running the ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. In terms of like who wrote it, who's who's directing it. I mean, have you had Leah usually Thompson? they do want it pretty yeah. spot on. Yeah. Leah, Leah Thompson's amazing. directed you guys, right? Amazing. That's yeah. got to be wild. She's it's awesome. Really cool. Yeah, you you guys fans of the John Hughes stuff and huge fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and and who knew she was a who else is directing? Has Fred Savage has done anything? You know he he worked on Goldberg's. I I want him on School so bad. Yeah. I absolutely love Fred. I, I I'm actually gonna text him and ask him if you were doing an episode. <laughs> yeah. 
directs. It works like that. But. He directed us. Uh-huh. He did for he did. for an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny. Yep. Uh, oh, and, cool. and and we were incredibly bad and stupid in that as well. So <laughs> it was He's a, amazing. I yeah. mean, and, and we have David Katzenberg, who's kind of our our quote unquote house director. I mean, he does the most. He's incredible. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's amazing. He gets the show. Jay um, Jay Shadrasikar. Yeah, I can't from remember Super Troopers. Oh, Super Troopers. Yeah. What about the Lou Schneider? Does he uh, work with you guys? Because he's on Goldberg's. He's. I love him on Goldberg's, and I wish he was on Schooled. But he's he a Philly guy. Crossed over. He is a Philly guy. Yeah. What did you? Was it hard initially? With Christine Lakin. Oh, oh, there you go. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, with the uh, when you were brought onto the show as this as this uh, ungettable girl for Barry, who you eventually you know becomes your boyfriend. Uh, there was a, there was a scene that I, that sort of I think turned it for the audience where uh, uh, Beverly wants her her wedding in the backyard and they do the yeah. deal and he and he's he says I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you and you walk away and you you have this sort of look on your face and that's I I said to my wife I said that that was cool and and oh. I think that's when your character at least for us connected I mean you know was it hard because you're, you're oh my abil- gosh that's so I remember that episode yeah you, so long ago your ability to riff yeah. well it's on syndication I've seen it 4400 oh, yeah. times right yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 comedic chops are really formidable I mean uh-huh. did, did they develop on this show or did you have you always been sort of you know a comedic uh no I I did a lot more drama growing up yeah when yeah I was younger like I, I mean I started I guess professionally acting when I was like 10 or 11 and I was on a drama for two years. I was on a comedy on Fox for a year. Um, but I didn't feel, to be honest, as comfortable doing comedy. And then Goldberg's totally busted that up. Because this is some rapid-fire dialogue, too. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the joke is in the, the, the wonkiness of the dialogue on both shows. It is. Uh, everybody over-explains everything, and that's part of the humor. But it's, 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 a, it's a mouthful of, of stuff you're, to say. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You're right. The over-explaining is the humor behind it, and it's yeah. not easy to memorize. But there is a muscle memory that... Once you're, you know, a few episodes back in and you've started your season, you do get the hang of it. Like, I feel like we finally... Do you? You do? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you do too, you nerd. But look, we run lines together nonstop. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we're on the plane tomorrow heading back home and we're running lines for next episode. Well, like, we're really into that because it helps. It helps us. The big conceit here is that there's been this sort of uh, quasi salmon, well, not Sam and Diane, but there's this, there's uh, CB loves Lainey, and uh, Lainey just now became aware of that in the, in the last episode. And yeah. this. Does is this a tectonic shift, or can you give us any indication of where this goes, or do you know yet? We don't really know yet. Yeah, okay, to be honest. Really. I mean, I think it's. I think we're going to continue playing with that. To play with it, all right. Have, have a little bit of a slow burn. I yeah, it'll more change for you because CB's <laughs> trying to move on. A Probably, lot, and you're now having this. Thing. That always happens. I'm going to catch on too late. Right. And he's going to already be like, yeah, it's okay. Married it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, he'll be married. Moved on. And, and you'll be the crazy stalker. Yeah. yeah. How much of this season have you guys shot? We're on episode 17, I think. Yeah. Okay, so five or six more to go? Yeah. Okay. This is crazy. And then Brett's going to sit around for three months and (laughs) not doing it. No, he'll be doing a movie. He'll be booking a film. All right, well, listen, these guys are headed by Penn Charter. That's so cool that you're going there today. It's got to be neat to to be able to see that. So, uh, listen, you you do the show wonderfully. Thank you guys for coming by this morning, representing the area well. We love it. And we're going to give you guys, like, a a 90s MMR bumper sticker, so maybe you can work it into (laughs) the set. We love that. Because this is a legendary radio station in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, and I'm certain that the the gang on schooled would have listened to MMR. So we'll get you guys. That is out. so cool. Thank That's you guys nice. for being here. Let's hear for AJ Mashaka. Yeah. School Wednesday nights, eight thirty on ABC. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. 
get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24 karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24 karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, <laughs> WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre. Bizarre Final. A FedEx driver stopped to help a stranded driver in North Carolina only to suffer a 75-foot fall oh. off the side of a bridge. Jesus. Yeah, it was around 2.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Driver Jeremiah Cribb pulled over on the Salisbury Bridge to help a motorist who crashed into the structure. While helping the stranded driver, Cribb spotted a tractor-trailer approaching them. So out of instinct, the Good Samaritan went to jump out of the way. He said, when I realized he was going to hit the car... I just reacted on instinct. It's pitch black dark. I thought I was hopping over a median, and I started free falling. Oh, my God. What he thought was a median with the road on the other side was actually the edge of the bridge. He jumped off accidentally following onto rocky terrain below. Yeah, how are you? Uh, The fire department... (laughs) 75 feet below, by the way. So so the fire department... uh, we're getting like a half second of each of these sound effects. Uh, <laughs> you know, sorry you fell. A lot of people think that's a median, but it's actually the edge of the bridge. Thankfully, you fell onto rocky terrain. Yes. And we're going to look out for you. Uh, so the fire... Stay fi- there. I'm going to call 911. The fire department tweeted about the incident, uh, sharing photos of the 45-minute rescue. Crib was lifted out of the, sta- uh, the, the sand bed by Crane. And transferred to a local hospital after sustaining serious injuries from the fall. Hey, uh, Firefighter uh, Jacob Vodajanski had rappelled down the bridge to save Crib, fearing the worst that he was paralyzed. But he said with a quick pinch of Crib, he determined that he wasn't. He said he didn't know what happened. He had no clue where he was at. We shared a couple of personal moments. I let him know he was going to be all right. And we kept telling him that he was doing great and we'd get him out of there. He suffered three fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. Jeez. And he said, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but he's going to make it. That's amazing. Imagine you jump over the side and for in that first nanosecond, you don't feel the ground you thought you were going to land on. It's got to be so yeah. disorienting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Chrislyn T. Talbot was supposed to be babysitting six children. But when troopers pulled her over on the interstate, she was intoxicated. Her SUV smelled like weed, and three of the kids were asleep in the trunk. Oh, my God. Talbot, who is is 18 years old, was going 97 miles an hour in a 70-mile-per-hour zone when she was pulled over. Troopers smelled the strong odor of marijuana coming from the SUV in which three kids were not wearing seatbelts. They found the other three kids asleep in the trunk. 
while they were giving Talbot Field sobriety tests. Who hired her as a babysitter? I don't know. Police said uh, Talbot and two other adults who were 19 and 20 in the car were jointly babysitting the kids. All three sitters were arrested. Social services took the children, who were all younger than five, by the way. I gave you a discount. Uh, Talbot was charged with eight counts, first degree, wanton endangerment, speeding, reckless driving, DUI, and several drug and seatbelt safety charges. Wow. In the trunk. Yeah. Three good Samaritans came to the rescue of a truck driver after a massive explosion on the far east side of Indianapolis. For one of those good Samaritans, it was quite a week. Wait to hear this story. All right. Okay. Uh, she said, this is Holly McNally. She said, we see a plume of smoke, huge smoke. It looked like a warehouse was on fire. She had just driven up to the scene with her mom when they came across a turnover semi truck. McNally couldn't believe what they saw. She said, I slowed down. I saw the actual semi on fire. And I look to the front of the semi, and I see a man on fire. Jeez. And so I'm scanning, and people are videoing and watching, but no one's going over there. So I told Mom, I'm stopping. I'm going over there. McNally got out of the car. She ran towards a truck where another man put the fire out on the driver. When they finally got the fire out or on him, they realized there was another problem as they watched the fire continued spreading on the truck. She goes, we got him out, and we started to walk away, and I see this huge stream of liquid, and I could smell it. And I said, Jeff, who is a truck driver, what are you hauling? And he said, jet fuel. Oh, my God. 4,000 gallons of jet fuel spilling out of the overturned semi. McNally's shoes were now soaked with it. The fire was getting larger, and the three had to move fast. She said, we were trying to carry him down, and it's getting closer and closer, and the second explosion went off. Smoke was hitting us, and I was just praying, like, God, please let us get out of here so that I can see my baby. That baby is her three-day-old son, Connor. She had just given birth three days before, and here she is running into a burning semi-tractor trailer full of jet fuel to save this guy. That's amazing. Uh, She had been there moments before coming across, uh, or I'm sorry, had she been there moments before coming across the crash, she said, I thought... What if that's my son? Uh, she said of seeing the driver on fire. What if that's Connor when he's 30? Would you Would you want to be somebody who just left them there? Yeah. Luckily, the uh, three of them made it away from the fire as first responders began arriving on the scene. McNally hopes that her actions and the actions of the other two good Samaritans will inspire others to act. Uh, the 59-year-old truck driver, by the way, was badly burned. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition. But uh, She was... needs a night off, and I know a very cheap babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. In early 2017, Mr. Clifton Collins, an Irish drug dealer, had a dilemma, and that was where to hide the codes of his illicit $60 million Bitcoin fortune. It's quite a dilemma where to hide the codes. Well, listen to this. His solution was to print them on a piece of paper and stash it in the aluminum cap of a fishing rod case kept at his rented home. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Then three things happened. Police arrested Colin after finding over $4,000 worth of cannabis in his car. He was sentenced to five years in jail. The landlord of the the house uh, had it cleared out, resulting in Colin's possessions being taken to a dump. Now the codes are missing, meaning the accounts cannot be accessed. $60 million. Jesus, in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin. Workers at the dump told the Irish police force, the Guardi, uh, they remembered seeing discarded fishing gear, and waste from the dump goes to Germany and China to be incinerated. Uh, the fishing rod case has never been found. 
Collins has apparently told the Guardi that he has come to terms with his loss of the fortune and considers it punishment for his own stupidity. Uh, the high court in Dublin ruled this week that Collins had uh, forfeited the accounts because they were processed from crime. Thankfully, it was just $60 million. Yeah, that's it. Isn't that wild? Wow. There you go. That's what I have in the uh, Bizarro File for you now. There was a whole uh, Bitcoin episode on The Simpsons last night. Oh, yeah? Very amusing. Nice. They, they were trying to explain it in a joking way. Yeah. And still, I don't. Oh, I don't I understand don't that stuff to save my life. All right, we're going to take a break. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a sec. Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I saw an interesting article. A ticket selling platform called TickPicks found out uh, the average participant recalled hearing their all-time favorite band for the first time and what age that would have been. So okay. think about who your all-time... Do you have an all-time favorite band? I do. Yeah. And I learned about them during the Bronze Age. You did. Is yeah. that, or are you talking about your physical age? Okay. Your physical age, yeah. yes. Uh, I do, and it's the Beatles. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, Casey, obviously, Fish is yours. Nick, Pearl Jam is your all-time favorite band, right? And I know the age. What was the age? 16. All right, how about you, Case? Uh, I was 18 when I heard them for the first time. Okay. Uh, Marissa, you joined in on this conversation you sent me. Do you know what... Do you, do you have an all-time favorite band? Because you sent me a list of, like, five bands. Yeah, I'm, I have a really hard time picking one band, but I think I narrowed down to right at 13, there were four bands that I loved, and to this day I still love. It's Bob Dylan, Goldfinger, uh, Green Day, and STP. Okay. Oh, wow. I and, thought Foo Fighters would be in there. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Yes, yeah. You're, you're a massive Foo Fighters fan. I think I didn't like Foo Fighters until a few years later, until high school. Uh, Do you know what, Preston? I was younger than this. I, I don't know what age they say most people do find out their favorite band, but I had a, a, an older brother. My older brother, Gene, is nine years older than I am. And so he got into the Beatles, and I was, I, you know, I don't know, I was eight. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, so I, I kept hearing that stuff immediately. Um, and uh, and I loved it. When uh, I, I discovered the Beatles, is were my all-time favorite band, um, I was in, I think I want to say I was in fifth grade. Now, I knew of them, but yes. when I decided, wow, I really want to dive into all of this. I yeah. love every bit of this music. It was around that. So fifth grade is about 11? Uh, yeah, 10, 10, 11. 10, 11. I was 18. Like I got Kathy, back. you have an all-time favorite band? No. Okay. Nope. I mean, I have like, you know. You like music. Yeah. I, bands that I like and I would continue to go see, but I don't have one all-time favorite band. So the average age for the first time you hear your all-time favorite band is around 13 years old. Oh, 13. No That's according to this uh, this particular study or the research they did. I, th- I wonder if it's, it runs... Um, Along with the first time you acquire um, a, a device to listen to your music on for on me, your own, yeah, you know, I, I like I remember Steve uh, having my own Walkman, and then at, <laughs> at thirteen starting to get into rock music that was mine and not my parents. Well, you could have sway over it. So I got my Nick. I got my first uh, gramophone, uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember <laughs> the the it, was, it was a, it was a column like a, with uh, little nubs on it. I yeah. crank it and. and <laughs> 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 and uh, it was uh, it was amazing to hear the Beatles that way. Yeah. It was Edison saying it was Mary Edison. Had a little lamb, right? And now, <laughs> a new song from the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, now my second favorite band, which is Rush. That was around thirteen. That was about okay. when I discovered them, right. and or you know, first I had heard of a couple of songs. 
And then somebody played 2112 for me, and I was like, hold on a minute. Yeah. And then I wanted to dive into it, and then I started really fanning out. The phenomenon know? now is, so my, my music runs, like, uh, like I love, uh, I love alternative stuff. I love, I love contemporary, I, I mean, it, it runs all over the gamut. I think of, um, really, so you take kids in the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 range now, they can hear something, you know, and we've said this before. They like a band or find something that they like, and lo and behold, there's 12 albums out already. You know, you know I mean, they can, and, they can get a whole catalog. And here's another thing, because my oldest son, Parker, while he does love the Beatles, and I would put them as his first favorite band, but the majority of songs that he listens to, I don't even consider to be songs. So he goes on, like EDM? Now he goes on YouTube, and there are these, basically, they're like, Parody songs about video games and stuff like that. Oh, really? Like, wait, yeah. Who, who, who listens to this? Parker does. Okay. And it's all That's about, his world, though. It's all about, you know, uh, it's Fortnite and, and, you know, and all these different games. And, yeah. and they're they're like uh, like rap or, or songs or parody songs. And I mean, but he listens to them all the time. Wow. It's music to him. It's, huh. yeah. you know, I see it as just parody. Yeah. Always novelty stuff. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of how I feel about like certain punk music, music and stuff like that. I'm like, what? You know, and I remember asking it was a comedian who was in here. What what is it about punk music that you like? The sound, you know, and yeah. he, he was like, it's it's kind of it's a, it's a feel. It's, it's a, visceral. It, yeah, yeah, it's a visceral feel. No, I that get he that. Has. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, my favorite band didn't re- really even release an album until I was fourteen years old. Is that so? Fish ended up on your radar yeah, but when at, you were fourteen. No, no, no. I'm just saying that they didn't even release an album until I was fourteen and weren't <laughs> really ever mainstream. So when did you? That's why it it, it took so long. For me to find them, but at 13 years old, Guns N' Roses was my favorite band. Oh, really? Yeah. I, was, I was just about to ask you what you thought about GNR because uh, you and I are the same age. Yeah. And I remember vividly when uh, Appetite came out. Yeah. And uh, Steve, again, talking to like owning your own rock music. My parents, uh, probably to this day, still don't like Guns N' Roses, but I did. My yeah. mom, my loved friends them, did. Did they? Did yeah. she really? Yeah, so did my mom. <laughs> I remember coming yep. home from a dance, St. Kevin's dance, and. She surprised me. She bought the GNR Lies album for me. Wow. And, like, she really bought it for herself. Did she, but, like, you patience? said your, your mom got on their tour bus, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did she no. like the song Patience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sweet Child of Mine is her favorite song. Oh, wow. She loves that song. But, uh, you know, so that maybe kind of helped out with, uh, you know, me being able to... Because, you know, I had friends that listened to heavy metal when yeah. I was younger. And I remember listening to Ride the Lightning in my dining room. And, my, like, my sister came and she's like, why... Are you listening to this? And I'm like, I don't know, because my friend like it. Yeah, right, so like, let me ask yeah, you about your yeah. mom and GNR. But like, like cuts like it's so easy and stuff like that. She did she like that, dude? I don't, I don't know. Panties around your knees with your ass in the breeze, doing that. Yeah, I can grind with the pump and I'm sure. I am sure. Panties on your knees with your ass in Maybe. the breeze. Come on, everybody. The mashed potatoes are up. Um, Maybe your mom's not a lyrics kind of a person. Little and sweet. Your mom's more about the, the listen, guitar. I'm yeah. surprised. My mom loved ACDC and, yeah. and Guns N' Roses and all that stuff. She just, you know. My dad wore a Guns N' Roses shirt for the longest time. No, I mean, really? Absolutely. So we always had, again, we always had a, a strong rock influence in the house. And I think that's. Uh, that's a good entree, you know. I've been watching my kids go uh, discover their favorite bands, and you know, my my middle uh, child uh, Carter is when he d- fell into the music of Queen, he was like, "This is incredible! Yeah, this is yeah. amazing!" And he just he just uh, submersed himself in that, and I'm very very proud of that fact because I. I, t- I turned him on to it. Yeah. I'm like, you need to check this guy, Freddie Mercury, out. That and he just didn't automatically recoil at something his dad was yeah. introducing him to. Yeah, he was pretty transfixed by the whole thing and, and Freddie's presence because I showed him a video. 
Uh, but then my daughter, on her own, went and through a friend and has found her favorite band, which she lives and breathes for, which is 21 Pilots. Right, yeah. And I'm very proud of her because she loves that music. It's good, substantive music. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and I'm happy for that fact that, uh, that, that she has had found a favorite. You know, yeah. I, I think it's really cool. Um, but they're finding that the data shows that friends are the biggest influence on music tastes. Yeah. Followed by radio. Yes. Much, films, fathers, mothers, TV, and other sources. Siblings. Okay. Uh, siblings, I guess. Yeah, it's not mentioned huh. in here, but yeah. Older siblings? Does it mention? No, but that's where... Oh, I got a lot of influence. That was me. Yeah, that was yeah. a, a younger sibling probably, you know, introducing to the Wiggles. There you go. Siblings, 33%. 48% of respondents said their older sibling yeah. exposed them to music their parents wouldn't have approved of. Yeah, that makes sense. Way. Yeah, because yeah. I'm the oldest and I didn't get anything from my younger uh, brothers until later in life when they introduced me to other bands. But um, for me, it was friends uh, when you talk about Pearl Jam. And I remember vividly driving up and down the Blue Route and uh, my friend Chris Cornaccia had a Subaru. And in the back, we would sit in the back and he put in... Ten. He put in the the cassette, and you and when you would, he had one of those fancy cassette players where you could advance song to song to song, and not mm. just hit the record, you know, hit the forward button. Um, and we would listen to Alive and Even Flow and Jeremy over and over again. And like to me, that's it's a vivid memory in my mind. Yeah, Marissa. Yeah, I'm I'm relating each one of those bands I mentioned earlier to to a thing. So first was uh, Bob Dylan because I heard Hurricane on the Dazing and Fuse soundtrack. Yeah, and so my dad was like, Oh wait, you like this guy? Let me introduce you to that. So my dad and I had Bob Dylan. How old How old were you at that time? That came out in 96, yeah. so I was 13. Okay, wow, okay. Yeah, and to, then, to get into Dylan, yeah. uh, I, you know, with, with, with the other music you like is, is wild. Yeah, well, I had no idea what I was, like, I was yeah. singing along to Hurricane, not realizing the social impact of right, the song right, yeah. that I was listening to. And then stealing the Dookie album from my brother <laughs> just totally blew my mind and, like, that artwork. Um, and then Goldfinger was you guys playing that on the radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, all back so at Y100. Yeah. We yeah. play a lot of that, yeah. yeah. There are, there's my life in music. There aren't many albums that you really can listen to, like, you know, front to back, back to front. Uh, and and that's why, like, when I was growing up in, in you know in those formative years, the mixtape was like an art, you know, and and just you know having the the flow be right. And that's like we were talking about siblings. You know, my older brother was was a major influence in the in the music that I had listened to, and he had put the mixtapes together. So that's all I was going to say. All right, all right. Just, let me go to that. Matt. Hey, Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. You guys rock. Wow. Thanks, man. What's up, dude? Tell us about the uh, the your favorite band, musical influence, so on. So, uh, so I'm pretty young. I'm only like 23, but uh, back in like I'd say it was the mid 2000s, uh, my parents got me an iPod, uh, and it had all their music on it because I didn't really know any music at the time. And uh, the one band that stuck out to me was Kiss because uh-huh. uh, the artwork and had all of, you know the cool face paint and everything. So when I was like, it was in 2009, so I must have been around like 12. My dad took me to the Kiss Alive 35 show in uh, the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, and that was like, my first ever concert experience. I remember it vividly, seeing a bunch of grown guys walking <laughs> around in, uh, in makeup, and yeah. it was just like yeah, so, mind blowing, man. <laughs> so, so Matt, that's you're, you're right in line with that. This, you know, you, you got your own device to listen to the music on, and I think now. Because honestly, when I when I was a kid, I, I mean, I was not into like doo-wop and you know, I mean, so stuff that would have predated me. <clears throat> you know, I, I was it, it. I never found myself listening to that. So yeah, uh, and and it, it just. I think honestly, I think the 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 volume of really. I, I hate to sound pompous about 
this general format, but the amount of good music available now is much larger if you're talking about rock and uh, pop music than it was years ago. My parents didn't influence me at all. Yeah, uh, nothing, with, with right? Music. I what mean, were they into? Uh, they were into, well... Death the, metal? No, a lot of country. Um, and, uh, however, you know, like Tom Jones were really big at I that time. Tom Jones, 1970, yeah. so I do like some of that stuff. But, but they didn't really have favorite groups or anything that... Um, Same. That, uh, that, that I would be influenced by. My father would listen. This is what you like. They, they put on stuff like on a... You know, where they they would they would have a few pops, as my uh, my dad would say, and it was like on the weekends, and I'd hear everything from Roy Clark to Wagner's Ring trilogy <laughs> to the soundtrack to Born Free mm-hmm. to like Victor, all this weird stuff. And after a while, you're like, oh, okay, I, I guess that's it. But when you get control, when you get control of your own music and your own device, yeah, yeah. that's as we said earlier, that's where you start to really and that's uh, develop your taste. That's true. But I was lucky because my parents listened to MMR. You know, my parents oh, lived here, and and so like I was introduced to quote unquote classic rock through my parents through this radio station. You know, so yeah. I was I was loving uh, you know the the band like Beatles and Stones and the Who because of their love of MMR. I'm Pierre <laughs> The Nighthawk? 15 years old. <laughs> My mom used to clean the house to Donna Summers. So that's, oh, really? that's what I grew up listening yeah. to. By the way, uh, so there's there's a uh, there's a bit of research here that talks about parents who have tried to influence their child's music tastes. Uh, so I, I think you, you, you may uh, try to do that to some extent, try to turn them on to what you like, and sure. hopefully they like it and you have that sure. in common. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the percentage... Who have tried to influence their child's music taste by preferred music genre. So, seventy the highest percentage who have tried to influence their children, tried to influence them into indie rock, indie music. Uh, next is hard rock. That's 75%. It says percentage who have tried to influence their child's music taste by preferred music genre, 75% indie rock. You know, Spielberg tried to turn uh, his daughter on to indie rock, and she's doing porn now. Yeah. Doing porn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fathers were more likely than mothers to try to influence their child's music uh, taste if they were fans of indie rock, by the way. Uh, also followed by jazz, country and folk, classical and pop. Regular. Let- Rock isn't on there. Mothers were more likely than fathers to try to influence their child's music taste if they were fans of hard rock, classic rock, heavy metal. The chicks are rocking. Yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. I love it. I mean, look, look at Sarah here. She's she's a complete yeah rock chick. I, when and, you, and hers all came from her parents. Yes, really. So, yeah. So, really? so Kathy, if you as uh, you know, we tried to get the cats to listen to stuff, but we don't have kids. <laughs> they, they don't know. So so, uh, but when you do, do, you just kind of put it on and walk away, like let's see. Or do you say, hey, check this out? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay. So the Beatles, we just kind of put on. Right. And and they all love the Beatles, which is great. I tried a couple of times to play some Rush for my kids. (laughs) And and I'm like, you should listen to this. I'm like, you know, this is really cool, complex... Awesome musicianship. Don't just yeah. hear it. Listen. Right over their head. What you have to do is then remember the times like Casey has tried to get you to listen to Fish or you've tried to get Casey to listen to something. And and one time, so my daughter and I play this game where we'll go in the car and we'll do one for one. She'll play a song, right. uh, and it's always a 21 Pilot song. And then I will try to find something in my catalog that kind of matches the tone of that song. We do this, try to match right, right, right. Uh, the, the, the theme or the, the, the texture of the song. We play this little game back and forth. Or sometimes we'll say, I'll play a cool song, you play a cool song. So one time I put on, I'm like, all right, I'm going to 
I'm going to swing for this one, you know. I'm going right. to try to try something a little Scroll different. Scroll nut zippers. No, no. I put on, like, uh, uh, I think it was, like, so this is Love from Van Halen. Or, oh. or, or, or it might have been, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, Mean Street or some banging right. Van Halen song. And at the end of the song, I, I go... Uh, I didn't know if you'd like that or not. She goes, yeah, I checked out about halfway into it. (laughs) (laughs) But she was honest with me. I didn't like it, old man. (laughs) I think, too, part of it is just like, parents telling the children like with with jace he's only eight but he'll be like i don't like your music turn it off he he wants to listen to something else meanwhile what's he listening to but he but but meanwhile it's not it's just because i'm listening to it It, it's not because he doesn't like it he goes to um this garage band school and um and mike the guy that runs it will have them play a song and and now all of a sudden he loves it i'm like that's the song i had on the radio you know two weeks ago and he's Mm -hmm. like no it wasn't it was was a different song uh press i do the same thing with my kids uh and it's funny because my oldest, uh, she hates fish. Yeah. And so she and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on our musics because uh, a lot of times um, when we do one for one, it'll be fish on my side and it'll be like show tunes on her side. I'm like, oh, my God, how many times can I listen to the Newsy soundtrack? What, what a what hellacious 14, trip that must be. What other 14-year-old girl out there is listening to Newsies? <laughs> She loves it, though. She, she loves, That's her deal. She loves show tunes. And they, you know they, what? My sister was like that. Did you see Modern Family? Uh, they they, uh, they had a perfect episode of this. The uh, uh, Cam and Mitch have their, their daughter. Yeah. And, and so she's into this this uh, uh, YouTube star who's, you know, this, this singer and so on and so forth. And, and that was, like, last year. Yeah. And then they get in the car. Turns out she loves to listen to, like... Like thrash rock now, yeah. <laughs> and it, it totally changes, you know. And, and that's that's how you know you 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 go through your musical tastes. You jump around a lot. My son will often take the um, control of of, and I have to give it to him. Like, by the way, uh, let me just a uh, side note here. It, the general rule as a passenger in a car: don't touch the radio. You don't touch the radio unless you're asked to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Touch my radio. Dude, Chuck yeah. goes in and he he touches my volume no. or, or like like right Can't away. Oh no, like, no 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 no. Uh-uh. no. Uh, I mean, I don't have passengers in my car very often because we. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, no. You don't touch the radio. You don't well, touch the radio. driver's privilege. Yeah. Touch my dong first, then you can touch. <laughs> yeah, the radio. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right? That's the cost. There's yeah, the cost. The cost. All right, I was in the car with my best friend over the weekend, and uh, she listens to the radio so loud, like ridiculous. And now having a conversation with me like this and not turning it down. So I did go over, but I kind of did it when she like turned her head and I tried to turn the the volume down just a little bit so we could have a damn conversation. I'm okay with that. I'm all right. all right with that. If you're trying, if you're trying to talk or grab the wheel, yeah. But listen, yeah. and also, I, I would never do that. In, I would never do that in one of your cars. Right. Maybe Nick's, but right. I would never do that in one of your. You know what I mean? Like it would have to be somebody that I was. What? Why, why <laughs> Nick? Shut, shut, shut up! Shut up. Oh. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It would have to be somebody that I was like my best friend. I was really close with. I'm okay if I turned down her radio. Right. Yeah. All right, Marissa. Never giving you a ride anyway. I want to defend Chuck because I saw this as a backstreet, a backseat driver between the two of them. When we turned on the car, it was in the middle of some like fish jam and it was cranked to like 20. And Chuck was just like, oh, no, 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 no. And turned okay. it down. So I defend right. him a little bit. No, don't defend him at all because I mean, it's it's what he does all the time. But listen, I, li- I listen to my music loud. But see, that's give what I'm saying. A, You're close me... with Chuck. Yes. He, he felt like he could do that in your car. Uh, he did and he can't. And I told him that. <laughs> I, the, 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 and he doesn't care. It's the number one rule. But, I almost uh, went. I 
I was riding with you one time, I almost got out of the car. <laughs> and it was, and, it, and it you hadn't stopped. It wasn't fish either. It was yeah. some Mariah Carey ballad. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That I was just, I'm like, no, I not, uh, no, not now. Not now. Which one was it? Was I, it If It's Over? I don't That's remember. That's a good one. Is that a good one? Yeah, it is a good one. I'm missing out here, I guess. Uh, hang on, let me go to some calls. Uh, talking about people who have influenced your musical taste or when you first found your favorite band uh, because the age, the average age, according to this study, is 13. I'm going to go to Peter. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Hey, how are you guys today? Good. What's up, Peter? Good. Yeah, I was probably about 14, uh, 25 years ago, and I was learning to play the electric bass. And rather than reading sheet music, my brother's like, here, listen to some albums. And he gave me the Police, the single, uh, the singles album, yeah, and just turned me on to the Police. And uh, yeah, it was a great album to uh, learn the bass to as well. You get your fast-paced songs. And did they become the your favorite band? Absolutely, saw them twice on the reunion. I've seen Sting uh, a couple times in concert. Actually, met Sting in person. It was cool. Nice. So, so there you have a perfect example. It was your older brother yeah. influencing you. Actually, if you watch Thanks, uh, Preston, the uh, uh, Sing Street. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 older brother is the uh, he's yeah he's the one who takes the, the his younger brother through this musical journey throughout his life and introduces him to all sorts of music and that influences what his band is playing. It's cool when that happens. Yeah. My sister turned me on to Van Halen and Van Halen is one of my all time favorite bands as well. So I, I do owe her for that. I, I I like to believe I probably would have discovered him anyway. Right. But, but that person who says here and especially if it's. If it's a band that's already got an existing catalog that's yeah. been around for it's a while, you can dive back in. You can mm-hmm. you can go here. T- take here. Here's here's a little taste. Which take uh, a little taste of this, and then all of a sudden you're like, I need everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which record did you listen to or for Van Halen with your sister first? Do you remember the first song was uh, "And the Cradle Will Rock" okay. that I heard, and I'm like, well, this is intense. Yeah, because I never, you know, it was kind of dark and and heavy and and. Uh, you know, I heard Eddie's playing, and I'm like, how do you do that with a guitar? And then I, it opened up, and then I went back to the first album and started listening there. Did MTV influence you guys? Because it did for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, big time. Yeah. MTV was a whole other ball game. Yeah. I was into a lot of the stuff that they were already, that the, the first videos were. Right. So, like, stuff that was called progressive. Uh, you know, the, a lot of those videos, that actually fueled the early days of... of um, of MTV because these bands they they were trying to get any traction they could and they would all make these films yeah and so uh, um, and and they ended up on MTV so you, you'd get bands like The Cure and Echo and the Bunny Men and all these weird yeah you know, and, and and so you and you would get you know Tom Petty and initially and then the other the other more established bands got into it but yeah it, it sort of reinforced what I was listening to so Dire Straits for me I didn't know Love about it. earlier Dire yeah. Straits and then Money for Nothing came out and that's a really cool video and you yeah. then you get you know and then uh, Walk of Life is a great video. It's all these oh, sports highlights. Yes, it's it's fantastic. And then you and you're like, oh wait a minute, this band has like six albums beforehand that you can go back to. I think it's awesome. If you if you because I clearly remember going, when's the next album coming out? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> new music coming. Yeah. Uh, let me go to. We got a lot of different calls here. We're not going to have time to get to all of them. I'm going to go to Steve. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey guys. Yeah. The, one of the re- reasons I called was to see. Wh- I wonder when MTV dropped off of that data list because it was. So huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just in the 80s and 90s, I mean, just huge. But my, I mean, my favorite band is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but I was probably about 12 when I started diving into the albums. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how, how established was, uh, was the band by the time you had heard about them? Did they already have a few albums out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, they were up to, um, they were up to, uh, Let Me Up Have Had Enough. So it was right before. It was right before Full Moon Fever. Okay. Uh, right before he went Right before it exploded, so, yeah. 
Right, and that was my first concert when I was 15, yeah. was uh, Full Moon Fever. But I think the first album that I really dove into is Damn the Torpedoes, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I had heard the stuff on the radio, you know, but uh, when we went camping with friends, they had the albums. But um, I was also really into Pearl Jam in the 90s. I dropped off. I'm not a, a fan like Nick is, but I remember the first time I heard Pearl Jam, I was a member of the Black Crows fan club, <clears throat> and they used to send out, like, uh, singles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, they sent a single out of this new band, Pearl Jam. They wanted everybody to check out. And I, I was like, why are they sending this out? Like, who's, I, I didn't sign up for the Pearl Jam fan club. Yeah, Jeff Amon loves the Black Crows. And, and the reason they hired Brendan O'Brien as one of their producers was because Brendan O'Brien produced some Black Crows stuff. So I love when other bands influence uh, your musical t- uh, tastes and, and choices as well. Okay, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't get, the, I never understood the, the correlation, but I, I think it was, I think it was alive, and I don't remember what the B side was, but I was like, oh my god, and then from like from that moment on, I was into them. I mean, all the way through, God, I don't even know the last album. I, I, I dropped off, like I said, but it was weird to get. Uh, an album from an, of another band from another band. Oh yeah, uh, there was. I, I told the story on air a number of times. I, I got turned on to a, a couple of bands because of mistakes made by the Columbia, uh, the Columbia Record Club. <laughs> yeah. like I got what the hell is this? Uh-huh. Steely Dan was a perfect example. And I go, yeah. all right, all right, what is this? Yeah. All right, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, I love this one. I assume this is from a guy. It says, "My first CD was Shut Up and Dance by Paula Abdul, and it was at that point that I should have realized I was gay." <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't happen till later. Sometimes yeah. you, don't, you don't know. Oh my God, yeah. I'm so gay. Well, it's interesting. Think about that today. It's kind of fun to go back and, and find out where you started your your love affair with uh, your favorite music, your favorite band. Who turned you on to that? Where have those influences come from? And who are the other people you have influenced yeah. maybe and turn them on to stuff. I love. It's so great. And I know Casey cherishes being able to turn. Music on to people because he tries to do it to me all the time. Right. And when you do hit with something, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I, I actually, um, I've stopped trying to do that because well, I know you're, you're not very anymore. receptive. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, He'll be like, hey, I want you to hear something. I'll be like, what? Yeah, I don't do it anymore because it makes me feel bad about myself. They're called the milk carton kids. I think you're really going to like it. I know what you're going to like and what you're not going to like, you, you know? Do? Yeah, okay. yeah. This right. is a jug band out of Missouri. I right. think you're going to like them. <laughs> no, but when you when you do when you do connect with someone on a on a music level, it's pretty awesome. I've realized that I, you know, uh, like like with Rush, I really don't have a lot of people to talk to about that band. Yeah. Most of my friends or yeah, the people that I that I that I see regularly aren't really into them. Now the Beatles Pretty much, it's pretty easy. Most of the people you can talk to them about, and that's are cool. there support groups for uh, Russia? <laughs> yeah, but the guy yeah. listen with donuts and everyone smoking. That's what was so cool about uh, getting in the band that I'm in. Saint, all yeah. those guys love Rush, and, and we yet sit you down turn your back on them. and we will just sometimes <laughs> talk about the band. I and know. Now I've quit. Now you've quit them. <laughs> but it's awesome to have those guys to talk to. That that's music cool. about. But at the end of the day, you're just trying to share something that's important to you with other people, yeah. and, and then it's a bond that you can create. And so I, I you know, it's it's uh, it's something that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life, with your kids, with your friends, with the people that you listen to on the radio. Yeah. I apologize to those who've been on hold for uh, a long time. We didn't have time to get to you, but we've got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right. And this month's band is Stereo League. I'll be in the bright light spinning around to the summer night sound. 
your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. I'd like to uh, pass along a bit of... uh, uh, interesting and probably foreign information to you, the fact that your nose has very close connections to your genitals. Is this the new character, the proboscis professor? That's the one. Yeah. The proboscis professor. Yes, no. no. Uh, did you like the sub... I sent this... I don't know if... if did you get this from, from what I sent to I you? got it from I, you. I put it directly in the subject line because yeah. sometimes I don't know if like you skip over it or you don't have time, and I'm like, if no, I put this, this in the Kathy. subject line... He'll, yeah, yeah. he'll read it. Right, yeah, right, and, yeah. And essentially, it said your nose is the closest thing to your genitals or yeah. something along those lines. Fascinating. Yeah. I've long suspected, haven't you? Uh, so this is out of a new book called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, and it's from journalist James Nestor. And let me give you the setup on this and why, right. why this guy wrote a book. He had participated in a study in which his nose was completely plugged for 10 days forcing him to breathe solely through his mouth. And he said it was not a pleasant experience. Uh, He said, I went from snoring a couple of minutes a night to within three days. I was snoring for four hours a night. I developed sleep apnea. My stress levels were off the charts. My nervous system was a mess, and I felt awful. Uh, He said that uh, the researchers said that he's uh, talked to, uh, he's told to recommend taking time to consciously listen to yourself and to feel how breath is affecting you. He notes, slow and low breaths through the nose can help relieve stress and reduce blood pressure. He uh, said yeah. this is the way your body wants to take in air. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, there's, oh, we've, we've talked about this for many years, and it goes back and forth about, you know, every once in a while an expert will come out with the... Um, the assertion that we're not breathing right. We yeah. don't breathe right. If you do breathe correctly, it lowers the burden of the heart and uh, it will engage if you engage the uh, diaphragm. It's so, actually pretty interesting, like some of the benefits that, that it, this article gives on, on breathing correctly. And like with yoga, I mean, we're taught to breathe similarly to what this guy is talking about. And um, I've kind of like instituted it outside of yoga or meditation when, you know, there's some sort of like stress or, or whatever it is. And it does help. I wonder... So obviously people are looking for any sort of stress reduction they can get now with everything that's going on. Uh, so, but the question is, how how is it similar to your uh, to well, your uh, dong? I, I will get to that. So, <laughs> so the, just just a little uh, background on on the nose and its uh, its purpose. The nose filters, heats, and treats raw air. Uh, most of us know that, but what you didn't know is how it can trigger different hormones to flood into your body, <clears throat> and how it can lower our blood pre- lower our blood blood pressure, how it monitors heart rate, and even helps store memories. Uh, so it's a pretty incredible organ that we have in our body here. There you go. Excuse me. Now, the nose is more closely connected to our genitals than any other organ in the body. I don't remember that in the song. Hip bone connected to the... No. It, bone. it is covered in the same tissue as your genitals. So your nose externally bears... I think it's internally. Okay, because I've, I've heard of penis nose. Uh, so when, what is, what's penis nose? <laughs> when you, somebody has a droopy sort of penis. Oh, it looks like yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, no, no. So when one area gets stimulated, the nose will become stimulated as well. So some people have uh, too close of a connection 
when they where they get stimulated in the southerly regions, they will start uncontrollably sneezing. And this condition is common enough that it was given a name called honeymoon rhinitis. Uh, so it can affect when you get, essentially, when you get aroused, that your nose uh, also reacts. <laughs> Another thing well, is, that's really fascinating is that erectile tissue will pulse on its own. So it will close. So essentially, your nose has erectile tissue in it. Okay? Uh, okay. So the tissue that is similar, that, that in, it, okay. Yeah, you wow. know like your sinuses, how they open and close and I so on? I guess that's true, it's yeah. It's like, a, it's like is getting it the an tissue erection. itself or the, or the nerves around it that are causing it to do that? I don't know what's causing okay. it to do it, but the tissue uh, has to be similar to that. What were you going to say, Kath? No, I I don't know if she necessarily wants to talk about it, but Marissa once said something on the air that happens during that, and and I I actually thought of her when I read that part of the article. During I did too. Oral pleasures. <laughs> uh, she has a runny nose. Her nose runs. Right. Yes, rhinitis. Right. Uh, that's, what that's called. Well, no. Well, yeah. I guess so. shoot. But, they oh said sneezing, God. but I mean, I yeah. thought it was pretty similar. Rhinitis is just a runny nose. Okay. All right. Yeah. Honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoon rhinitis is sneezing when you get uh, when you get aroused. Another thing that's fascinating so is... I think that's what that says, is that Marissa really likes doing that. Ah, that's it. <laughs> that act. So you had to throw it. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's shrugging. Erectile <laughs> tissue will pulse on its own, so it will close one nostril and allow breath in through the other nostril, and then that other nostril will close and allow breath in. I didn't know all this crap was going on in my nose. And our bodies do this on, this, uh, do this on our own, um, on their own, I should say. A lot of people who've studied this believe that this is the way that our bodies maintain balance because when we breathe through our right nostril, circulation speeds up and the body gets hotter, cortisol levels increase, blood pressure increases. What happens when we breathe through our penises? Uh, I haven't tried that. So breathing through the left will relax us more. Uh, Really? Yeah, so blood pressure will decrease. It lowers temperature, cools the body, reduces anxiety as well. So our bodies are naturally doing this. Did you say breathing through the left nostril? Yeah, but, but you can't like tell yourself to breathe through the left nostril. It just does it naturally. But, all right, all right. So, but in other words, you could not hold your right nostril closed and elicit this this response. I, I mean, you could, so. but I don't think that's what it means. Uh, when we breathe through our mouths, we are denying our bodies the ability to do this. So you want to breathe through your nose when you can. Like mine's a little stuffy right now. Right, yeah. Uh, but do you, you do you have people in your life who are uh, routinely loud breathers? Um, not in my life regularly. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, do you yeah. know you have people? I, I've had throughout my life, and it, for some reason, it annoys the f out of me. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I don't know what it is. They're simply trying to live. But uh, I, it's just uh, it's something that annoys me. I was, as uh, you can imagine, for the bastard. I guess I was like dozing off or falling asleep on the couch. I was sitting next to Jace, and he just tapped me and he said, "Can you please stop breathing like you're dying?" Oh my God, <laughs> that kid! You have created you. Yes. You, 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 I have you created have visited me. upon yourself your mini ver- version of you, Steve. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so yeah, you apparently you have erectile tissue in your nose. It is the most closely related organ on your body it's okay, baby. to your genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> you have, all guys have nose problems. <laughs> now, there's also... This never usually happens. No, baby, it's all right. I was reading in a separate article, Kathy. About nose boners? No, about sneeze fetishes. Oh. And it's a real thing. Now, it's rather unclear what thrills people about sneezing. I would love to hear from someone... 
who who finds it a turn on when uh, they're sneezing. It uh, I, I need I, to know. Right, right now, it'd be sexy as f because I've been sneezing like a mother effer. The, the, the allergies, or I don't know what it is, but like every yeah. time I go outside, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. So Nick, uh, the pollen count has been high for like the like days. Okay. Yep. The uh, the the yeah, absolutely, that's the case. Uh, uh, the um, the release though. When you are waiting to sneeze and working a sneeze and it finally does happen, it is a joyous thing. There is a certain, I don't know if that is a pheromone rush or what causes that that release, but that I, it's, it's a very pleasurable thing, especially when you've been sort of hovering around it and then it finally happens. Well, apparently, sneezing and orgasming are both reflexes that follow a similar physiological pattern. The only difference is when I sneeze, something comes out now. Um, <laughs> an initial an initial sensitivity, an increase in stimulation up to a threshold which gives way to a release in the form of a palpable bodily response. That's what happens. You get an initial sensitivity, then an increase in stimulation up to and a threshold which gives way to release in the form of a palpable body response. So think about that. You feel that first tingle? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It yeah. builds, it builds, it builds, it builds, and, it's, 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 and then you shoot. That, yeah, I'm going to shoot. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, so for yeah. me, that, that's the same thing. <laughs> Preston, in The Lonely Guy, the movie The Lonely Guy with Steve Martin, wasn't the only way he could get his girlfriend to climax was to sneeze? Oh, my God. I don't remember that part. That's hilarious. I think that's the case. That might be. Uh, so, according, in fact, it says here, according to Dr. Ruth Westheimer, it is her birthday today, by the way. Yeah. An orgasm is just a reflex like a sneeze. That's what she says. Uh, so, uh, this, shoot. this is not to say that the two are connected. They just follow similar patterns. It could be the reason why certain people get a kick out of it and have a sneeze fetish. Uh, the sneeze people exist, and they're also worried about COVID-19. A concerned user... Uh, in a post reads, this is why I, I've i always preferred allergy sneezes over sneezes caused by illness, no contagion to worry about, which has always been an aspect of the fetish, which sits uncomfortably with me. So is it guys who uh, enjoy women sneezing, women enjoying guys sneezing, or just the enjoyment the individual sneezer gets themselves or all three? Well, let's go to the phones and find out because right. <laughs> I don't have that answer here, but I'm going to go to Bob first. Hey, Bob, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Good. What do you want to share with us? Well, I, my my uh, significant other always gets mad at me, but like say I'll be laying in bed at night. I'll get this uh, dirty thought in my mind and all of a sudden I'll start sneezing and it happens every time. So when you start to get when you start to get turned on, it causes yep. you to sneeze. Yep, I'll sneeze at least two or three times. Huh. Oh, wow. Wow. And I was always wondering if this was something that anyone else had and I brought it up today. Let's let's find out. Let's see if there are any other listeners that, that it maybe they don't have a sneeze fetish, right. but they get some kind of a reaction. There's a nasal correlation. When they start to get horny or, or in the throes of it. All right, Bob, we'll put the just word the, out, okay? Just the thought. Just the thought. All right. Just yeah, even you know. the thought of it will oh. cause you to sneeze. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks. 215-263-WMR. All right. Let me go. Let me go to Dez here. Hi, Dez. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Awesome. Doing great. Okay. So, sneezing. What, what does it do for you? So... <laughs> So when I sneeze, like my nipples get hard, right? <laughs> Your nipples get hard when you sneeze? Well, it feels really, really 
<laughs> wow. And like I get, I get, it's like a, it's like an orgasm in my sinuses. An and orgasm like, in your sinuses, okay. And like, I'll get jealous when I see people sneeze like fifteen times. I'm like, oh my god. You know, <laughs> I don't think this is uncommon. But Des, so so uh, so, do you do things because it's such a pleasurable experience for you? Do you do things to make yourself sneeze? No, no. I wish I could. <laughs> I probably would. So, w- would you say that no. you do experience what is very close to an orgasm? Yeah, you know, I actually heard um, that it activates uh, similar. Um, chemicals in your brain right when you see so like it releases the same uh or similar um like a dopamine like, or something yeah, yeah and something whatever happens when you orgasm it's yeah it's dopamine it's a release of a, of a hormone yeah wow. yeah uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's it's it's wild, and that's and it's. I'm a little jealous. So when I walk out, in, when I walk out into the sun, I will uh, I will get I call it my my customary two sneezes. I will sneeze twice, and then I'm I'm good to go. But that is actually <laughs> it, it is sort of a good Thanks, feeling. Guys. But it, it, it's a good feeling because I, my sinuses. Yeah, are, it does are feel good. Up. Yeah, I yeah. would I can do the uh, the bright light thing if I am. Um, if I feel the sneeze coming on, I'm not sure if I'm going to achieve. You can promote it. My nose gasm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I you, I can glance up at, and not look directly in the look sun, but close, light, baby. but look at the light, and it will cause me to go ahead and, and shoot and shoot. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> oh uh, by the way, uh, I got a text here. Hang on, I didn't read through all of it because uh, hang on a second, everybody does have to do with it. it says uh, it's not me, but a girl I used to know. Says she was so jealous when people sneezed because it really turned her on. Hmm. She was the psychologist, the most effed up people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but sneezes turned her on. Yeah, so that's the other way around. That the actual act of sneezing got her aroused, I, as opposed to being aroused and then sneezing like the other guy that we had calling. Do you have, have you ever considered a sneeze that someone has sexy? No. I, I I don't know. It's never. It's not my thing. Right. Uh, but I, I guess I could see maybe sort of. Didn't we have an intern who like sneezed? It was like a very bizarre sneeze. It was a girl. Chee, chee. Yeah. It was yeah. like something like that. Do right. You remember that? High pitched. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Uh, let me go to Mark. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? So, uh, same as the other guy, I missed his name, but, uh, <laughs> when I get turned on, it's only when I'm in bed and when I'm by myself, I get wow. turned on and I sneeze and it doesn't happen when I'm with another human. So if you were to, if you were to start to, um, you're getting amorous and you were to start to work on yourself, would you at some point sneeze? It's before any of that. It's, Just it's before. Thinking of, it's when I'm thinking of doing it. Once Zap. I start doing things, it, yeah. Once I start doing things, it's it's normal. That there, is but. exactly what the guy said. That's he said. It's precisely the same thing. It's just the thought of it, and it's before. That is so yeah. wild. Okay, it's great. It, I met one other person that the same thing. There's a whole community of you, community out there of you, Mark. You didn't even know it. We're not alone. Yeah, sneezers. I think. All right, thanks. Somebody needs to, to pay me. <laughs> yeah, you can do some fetish films. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank thanks. you. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild when you find out these little things that you always thought was just you. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay, lots of people this way. That's like with my ASMR. I, for, the, the, for decades, had never said anything to anyone. I thought it was just kind of weird that I 
Right. I didn't get aroused by these sounds, but these sounds soothe me and relax me, and I thought it was kind of silly, you know. <sighs> but that, now, like... And then you find out tons oh my God, of people. Yeah. It's like me with uh, eating my grandmother. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It's like, yeah. I, I, I got to be the only person doing this. <laughs> You're not today, alone. You had a story, and I, I, you just feel better. Uh, hang on. Let me go to... I'm going to go to Trish. Hi, Trish. Good morning. Dude, Dick Brewer. <laughs> Dude, Dick Brewer. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a good call back. Me I, off guard. Yeah, yeah. I like it. What's up, Trish? So, I'm dying listening to this. Um, <laughs> I'm nervous. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm like, shaking. Anyway. Um, so, every freaking time my husband is about to make the move on me, there's a sneeze that comes, and I know that it's coming. So, with, just before, when you know he's getting the amorous <laughs> intentions, he sneezes. Yes, and it's like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, it's going to happen. All right, here, and, here and we go. Trish, That's if, when you have to quick pretend like you're sleeping. Uh, exactly. No. <laughs> Trish, have you ever asked him about it? Well, no, he has told me. He has said, um, he, it was honestly like a couple weeks ago, he said, I have to admit something to you, and it's super embarrassing. And it's weird. He's like, but I don't know if you've ever noticed, but right before I'm going to do something to you, <laughs> he's like, I sneeze. And I'm like, dude, I freaking know. I know. I know it happens. I know it's coming. And it's, it's whether I have to gear myself up. Or go to sleep. You know, it's <laughs> funny. What's funny, Trish, is that you, the natural inclination, if you were to, you know, to, to just, if we, we weren't having this conversation as is, and you were to say, okay, this is something that happens, I think most people would think that in, in the actual act, when you're breathing in and out quickly, perhaps, or there's something no. th that's responsible, it's just the thought, the thought yep. kicks it into gear. Yep, he doesn't mean it's before he even starts. Something. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Trish, now that you guys. Now that you guys have this out in the open, if he sneezes and he's yeah. it's just a regular sneeze, it's not arousal, he can just turn to you and go, no. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. Like we're, we'll be, like, driving to Target, and a sneeze will happen. I'm like, oh, no. Uh. Like, it is a, it's like a funny joke now between us because he finally admitted it. But Good. I texted him when you guys started talking about this. I'm like, dude, are you listening <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I love that, and I think it's cool that you guys that you finally talked about it. I think yeah. I think little things like that. Oh, are, and I'm gay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> are important to share with each other. So. Yeah, no, that is. Yeah, he was like, I, he, you know, laughed, but he's like, I told you, I told you. I love it. That's so wonderful. You, so, you guys have a good relationship then, if you can do that. Oh, yeah. talk about that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, thanks, Trish. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, let me go to. All right, we're gonna go back to the nipple thing. I got Christine on the line. Hey, Christine. Hey, how are you? Good. How you doing, Christine? Really good. <laughs> really good. Wow. Did you just sneeze? Oh my god! I think I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> it's a, it's the pollen count. It's it's got me going. The pollen count. Oh, so yeah. when you sneeze, yeah. you get you get your nipples get hard. Not only that, I I mean my whole breast tissue just tightens up. Mm. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, the fembot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the machine guns? Yeah. Machine gun nipples. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. And yep. how long has this been in your life? Um, as long as I can remember. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you have hay fever? No, no. Now, let me ask you, when, when this happens, Christine, besides, you know, that, that just uh, happening in, in your breast area, do you then become aroused? No. No. Oh, no, you don't. 
Oh, well, thanks for uh, calling. All right, thanks for calling. I'll talk to you later. Damn it. She sounded so sexy. Yeah. Uh, no, but... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let me sit on the dryer. Uh, let me go next to Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, uh, buddy? So, the whole sneezing situation, I actually can control. I can make myself sneeze. Okay, and what do you think of baseball? <clears throat> not a uh, not a fake, but a, a legitimate... A, a legitimate sneeze. What I do is, and I've been doing this since, well, I would say since middle school. Um, and not for any re- particular reason, you know. If I had a tingle on my nose and it won't go away, right. I kind of learned how to do it. And what you do is, for me, I don't know if it works for everyone, is you rub your tongue on the back part of the roof of your mouth. Not constantly, just, you know, you know, a little bit here and there, and let that tingle go. A little flick builds up, and then yeah, and then it will. I'm doing it right now. Can 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 you do it for us? Can you do it on command? Um, it would probably take me a couple seconds. Could... Rip up a sneeze. Go, go ahead. ahead. Work us up a sneeze. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Hey. <laughs> it's okay. <coughs> and there it is. Oh, he does like a half oh, cough. Uh, yeah, so cough sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> Because it, it, it kind of tickles the back of your throat, too. So okay. it's, it's it's one of those things where, but, yeah, I used to be able to do it in school. Sometimes I use it to kind of get out of class if I kind of repeat, you know. I, I envy you. I used, I used to have to crap myself to mm. get it. No, the, um, yeah. No, honestly, uh, that, is a, that is a winner because if you can fake a sneeze, that's a tangible sign that you're sick. Well, he's not even faking sneezing. He's actually yeah, sneezing. Yeah, he's actually. Well, up, or, yeah, yeah. I can and, fake and a sneeze. And I understand where a lot of people are coming from because, you know, yeah, when I do sneeze, it does send a little tingle down my body. You know, it is nice. And, you know, when I'm you know, doing the dirty or even when I'm having, you know, Eric's alone time, yeah. you know, <laughs> my, nose, my nose will tingle. You know, that it, is it, wild. Sensation. So, and that sensation then immediately becomes connected to a, a sexual response to you. And, and so it's, it's, it's nothing but win-win. Yeah, and I've, I've never dated a girl who was turned on about that, but, you know, maybe one day. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Thanks, wow. Bud. Dare to dream. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be the perfect gal. <laughs> the perfect gal. By the maybe way, a, a post read on this, uh, you know, this article that talks about people that actually have the sneeze fetish. Uh, someone who calls himself uh, Mr. Sneezy uh, said, I'm having a lady around on March 27th who I haven't played with for 18 months. She's going to sniff uh, chinkini and sneeze on me. What is chinkini? I expect what? no ill effects. I don't know what chinkini That's is. That's his manservant. Chinkini, it, come it, in here. <laughs> it's spelled C-H-H. Nick, if you could look this yeah. up. Yes, boss. C-H-H-I-N-K-I-N-N-I. So she's going to sniff chinkini and Tattoo, sneeze on me. So. Wow. Is it the spice, I guess? Like maybe like a pepper? That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Do any but... of those things work with you as well? Pepper? No doubt. Yes. Pepper makes you sneeze. Yep. <clears throat> Can you show us? Do we have pepper at the ready here anywhere? I don't know. Do you have to inhale it or just the aroma of it? Um, no, no. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm inhaling it or if it's the aroma, but... So, uh, chinkini is a um, a snuffing powder. It's it designed oh. to make you sneeze. Right. Okay. Yeah. It says here, Nick, yes, in, in the ad for it, a unique herbal preparation with an equally unique dosing technique that provides instant relief from nasal congestion, cold, and headache. Chinkini contains uh, menthol, camphor, camphor, oh, I know that, eucalyptus, uh, oil, which are provided for the decongestant effect. Wow, I didn't know that okay. existed. So is that what snuff? I thought snuff was um, yeah. tobacco. tobacco. Well, yeah, it is the the kind that you sniff. I guess it's yeah. very, very, very finely ground. Okay, and you take a little pinch and sniff it, 
and then it makes you sneeze. And I never, I never quite got what the point was. But I guess if you, uh, maybe it, they thought it would help clear your sinuses, or or maybe they 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 get a little sneeze fetish thing out of it. Casey has some pepper here. All right. So yes. remember, you got to do social distancing. You got to point to. You got to shoot in another direction. I'm going to shoot into a tissue. Chris <laughs> brought it out. Casey has ground some of its ground pepper. He's put it on a piece of paper here. <laughs> yeah. And are you going to leaning down like you snorting? Do you want a credit card? Yeah. You want to yeah, yeah. make some lines? Do you want to make lines? <laughs> Uh, so Casey is holding it about two inches Take below a bump. his nose. Uh, hasn't uh, yeah. maybe a I freeze? Be, yeah, yeah freeze. <laughs> little bump. Use your pinky. Take a little bump. I don't want to. I don't want to snort it. I know. No, but, yeah. you, but yeah, oh, okay. we're just playing. All right. All right, Nothing so, yet. All right. Look, Nothing may yet. I? Yes, you may. All right, because I, I, I have a feeling Pepper would make me sneeze as well. So. About a spit string. You need to get a little closer to it. Are you going to smack it into my face? Like no, I'm not going to smack it. I'm going to do, do that. it to you. I don't do that like you do. All right, oh, come, so. on. come on, baby. <laughs> come on, baby. Come on, baby. Uh, it's okay. Take a big whiff. Get your nose down in there. <laughs> See, this is fresh cracked pepper. That's, I think, the problem. You need more finely ground? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Yeah, finely the ground. Stuff. <laughs> Table pepper? My nipples are like erasers. Yeah, because it's not working. Mm. All right. I'm going to go to some worked. other. I'm going to go to some other calls here. Uh, let me go to an anonymous caller. Hi, anonymous. You're on the air. Good morning. That's me. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. That's one. Strike one. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry. First time caller. Long time listener. I'm getting it. Hey, Good, nice. Hey, What's up? Uh, well, all right. So this does not happen when I'm alone and I'm getting aroused. But any time when I am in bed with my girlfriend, my nose will run profusely for about five minutes. Profusely, okay. Profusely. Now, question about this: Does it ma- does it matter if you're on top or bottom? No. Okay, that's interesting because I, I will I get a I will, I will get a runny nose like top. like if I'm. Um, if I'm in a uh, like a, on a massage table with the the, the face ring thing, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so in that position where you're where you're face down like that for a long time, I could see maybe getting a runny nose, but it doesn't matter. So it has to do with the fact of being aroused and being with someone. Let me ask you, anonymous: Do you use any um, any enhancements like Cialis or any of those drugs? I don't know. I'm not that old yet, like you. Steve. <laughs> I'm an old bastard. Yeah, no, but it, it, a lot of people do know that. Uh, or have reported that when they use that, uh, that they will get a runny nose. You know, that the uh, the reaction is that. So I was wondering. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Never knew. And has it ever become an issue? Like you've had to stop and wipe your nose? Or do you get any of the, you know, snot on your partner? Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Oh, right. It's like natural little <laughs> baby. Have you ever talked to your doctor about it? <laughs> no. That's not something I'm going to bring up. Do you know what you should do? Have you seen those things that clip your nose when you go swimming? Wear yeah. one of those. Yeah, nose plug. <laughs> hey, do, do I get it on? Listen, don't be don't be ashamed to talk to your doctor about stuff like that. Doctor, how's an answer with that? <laughs> what is that on your nose? It's my sex. It's my sex clip. All right, thanks for your call, man. We appreciate it. It's All right, your nose, baby. I wear when we have sex because my nose runs. One more uh, call. I'm going to go to Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, Caitlin. Nose uh, fetish, or does it tie into arousal, sneezing? What's the story? So let me just preface by saying um, this has never happened until I met my current boyfriend. Okay. Um, it doesn't turn me on, but if I like deep think about how much I love him, I'll sneeze. 
Do you think about how much you love him on just a spiritual level, or are you thinking uh, along a more sexual bent? Um, it might be a little bit of both. Okay. Okay, so again, just thinking of, of how much she loves him. I love yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Have you ever told him about it, Caitlin? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. Wow. And does it I bother love you? Does it? Bo- <laughs> I fart every time I think about how much I, I love, love my wife. Uh, how much do I love my wife? <laughs> I love her once, twice, three times. One more. Uh, I really love my wife so. Uh, Caitlin, uh, is it uh, do, is it troubling, or do you like it, or does it matter to you that you do this? Um, it's just random, you know. It's weird. Okay. I, I might be moved, right. Caitlin, to take it as a sign. Like, oh, uh, do, do, does it cross your mind? Oh, this this guy must be the one because he makes me sneeze. Right. Yeah, maybe. All maybe right. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you. Find the good man who can make you sneeze. Appreciate it, Caitlin. <laughs> All right, Casey was trying to sniff uh, table salt or table uh, pepper. It's yeah. not working. Yeah. It's okay. It's not working right now. I can't perform in front of a crowd. <laughs> Some people have performance Come issues. On. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Well, think uh, of us in our underwear. All right. Well, uh, so if you have a sneeze fetish, you're not alone. Uh, or even if you don't have a fetish, if for some reason you get act- nasal activity. Uh, when becoming aroused, it's not that uncommon. That's a new category for Kathy. Nasal activity. Oh, my God, my nipples are so hard. This is a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of activities, ladies, where you can go to it and have rock-hard nipples. Nasal activities. Nasal activities. All right, I uh, just thought I'd share. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a moment, so make sure you stay with us. We'll return shortly. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. And the Bizarre File is sponsored by Horizon. This February, Horizon Services premium heater tune-up and 21-point system inspection is only $59. Book now at horizonservices.com. All right, we'll start with this scary story. A uh, bus driver in northern Italy abducted 51 children and their chaperones Wednesday, threatening them over a 40-minute ordeal before setting the vehicle on fire when he was stopped by a police blockade. The psycho uh, broke windows. The police, I'm sorry, broke windows in the back of the bus and got all the passengers to safety without any serious injury before the flames destroyed the vehicle. He was apprehended, uh, and the driver had said that he was protesting migrant deaths in the Mediterranean. Uh, the driver threatened the passengers, telling them that, uh, quote, no one would survive today as he commandeered the bus carrying two middle school classes to a nearby gym about 25 uh, miles from Milan. Those police just jumped on it and got those kids out. It was miraculous that they did. One of the students said the uh, driver took all their phones and ordered the chaperones to bind the students' hands with the cable ties, threatening to spill gas to set the bus ablaze. The chaperones only loosely bound several students' hands, not everyone's. One of the students described his terror in an interview. He said we were all very afraid because the driver had emptied the gas canister on the floor of the bus he tied us up and took all the telephones so that we could not call police. They did get a hold of the police. They set up a roadblock. 
and uh, they were able to get him out of there. He did light the vehicle on fire, but after the kids got out, yeah. and they managed to uh, save the day. Pretty messed up. Oof. All right, here's the story. Gene Simmons will love this one. Okay, so we've I'm seen all ears. we've seen dogs in wheelchairs, but what about a chicken? <laughs> it may seem odd. Extreme. The majestic chicken. Or even a bit funny to some, but a farm sanctuary said the story of how she got there points a bigger problem. Oliver and Friends Farm and Rescue Sanctuary, uh, Jenny Hayes, who works there, or Jeannie, I should say, said, we save a chicken and maybe people think that we're a little nuts, but that's okay. Are you, did you say Jenna Hayes runs this? Uh... Jeannie Hayes. Oh, sorry. Uh, and Hayes and her team are determined to save a bird named Colorado. And that's where Hayes said the Cornish hen was rescued from a defunct factory farm. Uh, she said there were, I think, maybe 13,000 chickens that needed to find a place to go. Uh, maybe Gene could step in and do a benefit. Absolutely. He loves chickens. Thank um, you for attending tonight. There's a very special chicken I want to bring up on stage. Uh, the what chi- do you mean you ate him? <laughs> <laughs> the chicken's name is Colorado. Uh, he Oliver- in Arizona last month. Oliver and friends took in 25 very sick chickens with the help of a Colorado animal sanctuary named Love and Arms. Uh, though it may be hard I to love believe. you, my little f- feathered friend. <laughs> Look at this. He eats falafels right out of my mouth. And whereas his beak is pointy, he makes sure to do it delicately as to not puncture my lips. Did you give him a little kiss at the end there? Yep. You're such a good little chicken. <laughs> You know you're a raptor. You know you. You know though they mock you, you bear a lineage to the prehistoric realm. Velociraptor. You're not too far removed from the Velociraptor mm. when the tables were turned. Uh, though it may be hard to believe, Colorado and her friends are only a few months old. They're bred to be big. Uh, you're bred to be big. She said it's all about production. Look at the size of that chicken. So. The- So the faster they grow, the bigger they grow. Uh, Colorado's legs could no longer Very big. could no longer support. Are you getting turned on? His I am big, actually. A little bit. <laughs> his big tongue comes out. Mm. Uh, Here's hey, one robust-looking chicken. Hayes considered euthanasia. Uh, that is until her husband got on Google and saw. She chi- needs to go into the bathroom and whip out some secret sauce. And saw a chicken in a wheelchair and started building one. A chicken in a wheelchair. Yeah. So Hayes said. So ever since she got the wheelchair, her sparkle is back. And so now they focused on keeping it's all the goddamnedest thing you've oh, ever seen: <laughs> a chicken in a jazzy scooter. Oh, <laughs> Pick it out, though. Chicken in a scooter, picking out dough. Uh, Granny, does your dog bite? No child, no. Uh, They're now focused on keeping the chickens at a healthy weight through exercise and diet, uh, low-fat feed, and fresh greens. All right, chickens, thank you for attending my spin class. He said, uh, we honestly believe here at Oliver and Friends that every animal deserves a chance to live, you believe their, that, do you? To live their best life as a pain as pain-free as possible. In absolute pain. In, in complete and utter pain. <laughs> 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 All right, Gene Simmons, chicken fan. Uh, a North Carolina man uh, faces felony charges after officers found him with 216 Venus flytraps. <laughs> oh. Okay. What's this about? Dude, wait till you hear... The punishment they have for this guy. 216 Venus flytraps. Archie Lee Williams uh, is looking at 73 counts of felony taking of a Venus flytrap. That's Uh, an actual specific taking of a 
Venus flytrap. It's a felony. Wow. So the Venus flytrap is listed as a special concern and vulnerable plant on the North Carolina Protected Plant Species list. North Carolina Wildlife Officer John White said tips rolled in for a month before they were able to catch the suspect, adding that it is difficult to track suspects down when they travel from area to area. On Saturday, White learned that Venus flytraps are being poached at the Brunswick County game land and found Williams getting into his vehicle. He's being held in the county detention center under a, get this, $750,000 bond. Wow. For stealing plants. So, um... How how much do uh, you can? What's buy, the story with Venus? Venus you can buy traps. those things, right? I, yeah, we 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 used to have one. How naturally do they occur? Out I, in, don't, I have no idea. I mean, they seem to me to be fairly exotic, right? But we had one like last... Like Burpee doesn't have Venus flytrap seeds, do they? We had one last year, and we bought it from, I think, Kathy, I think we got it at Ott's, you know, right around yeah. the corner from where I live, and... Uh, it's the big Venus flytrap sale. It's the goddamnedest thing you've ever it's seen. The goddamnedest. This thing eats actually eats flies. Yeah. So do they? Will Venus flytraps control a fly situation if you have it in the house? This no. thing didn't eat one. Not fly. one damn no. fly. No. 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 <laughs> but they will. I'm giving you one more day. If I don't see a freaking fly in your mouth, I'm throwing you out in the garbage. All right, moving on. Chicken was better. A racing pigeon considered one of the best ever was sold at an auction for a record one point four million dollars. Wow. I've been hanging with the wrong birds. Mm -hmm. You have. These are much more profitable. A million dollars. According to the PIPA.be, a pigeon racing website based in Belgium, uh, which (laughs) managed the auction. All the best pigeon racing websites come from Belgium. (laughs) The pigeon named Armando grabbed the record-breaking amount after a bidding war. My name is Armando. (laughs) And I love to fly and they chose. <laughs> After a bidding war ensued between two Chinese buyers on Sunday morning, it on... was very great this morning to put on the jersey and finally start playing for your team. Uh, the auction for Armando reached roughly six hundred three thousand before jumping to the final one point four million mark in an hour. God, the previous record for a single pigeon was only four hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. How uh, well? There, there are a lot of people who are obviously heavily into this, as you can judge by the amount of money spent on it. But I, I thought that you know, I thought it had waned in popularity. I guess not. Armando is considered Belgium's best long-distance bird of all time. All right. He's been described as the Lewis Hamilton of pigeons. Yes, uh, many call me the Lewis Hamilton of pigeons. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was a Formula One race car driver. Oh, he, was, yeah. uh, he was a pigeon who raced for race driver pigeon. Armando is part of a group of 178 pigeons, including seven of his offspring, sold at auction for approximately $2.7 million. Now for the final step, I shall poop on the contract. Wow. Now this article says that uh, the Armando is the Lionel Messi of pigeons. <laughs> Wow, man, there seems to be a, a conflict here. Well, one on... doesn't make sense because one is a racer yeah. and the other one is just a really good soccer player. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's good at the sport, but... Joel Verschut is the seller of the pigeons. He's They're spent... saying the James K. Polk of pigeons. <laughs> so short. Yeah. <laughs> he spent uh, 12 hours a day working with a pig- with uh, the pigeons since taking up the hobby. He said the this... Rasputin of pigeons. He said this is a... He's got a gigantic penis. <laughs> uh, this is a crowning glory of all those years in the pigeon sport. The icing on the cake, he said. $1.4 million for it. Man. Pigeon. Imagine you get drunk and do that and, the, you know, Rochelle finds out. Yeah. I did something. Right. <laughs> I bought a pigeon for $1.4 million last night. <laughs> All right, and there you go. That's what I got in uh, the Bizarre File for you this morning. Stay with us.
Glad you asked. ACDC. Weezer. Asking Alexandria. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Which is brought to you by your local Confidence Plus service center. Car in need of service? Find your location at myconfidenceplus.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, according to the entertainment news site JustJared.com, actor Stumal was seen in Malibu on Saturday swimming in the water with his shirt off. Jamal later explained to JustJared.com that he removes his shirt to keep it dry. Nicki Minaj describing being married to husband Kenneth Perry as, quote, refreshing. Said Minaj, quote, Kenneth is like a tall glass of southern sweet tea on a hot afternoon. The kind of sweet tea that seems completely uninterested in getting a job. And finally, Aaron Carter announcing on Friday that he and girlfriend Melanie Martin are engaged. The two posted an Instagram video in which Melanie says Carter brings stability to her life as she gently strokes the huge Medusa face tattoo he has. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood track. You know, we've been having construction work that's been going on for quite a while here at our buildings. (laughs) And right outside of our window, there's been scaffolding set up for (laughs) months and months and months. And while we're doing our show, these guys walk by our window all the time. Yeah. And you can't help but just kind of watch them while they're working. Yeah. Talking, and dusting. Can, and yeah. they can see us. And we're looking at them. They're, well, we're working, too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So It's uh, like, a, like a zoo setup. Like, yeah, totally. It's, they're on the other side, <laughs> of, the yeah. other side of the glass. Those are humans. And it got me to thinking about people who do a job where they are watched by people who are not co-workers, just random strangers watch you work, doing what you're doing, <laughs> and how does that make you feel? And making pizzas is kind of that way, too. Oh, yeah. The people that are that are behind the counter and they're swirling the sauce and putting the cheese on, you just sit there and stare at them and watch them doing what they're doing. Well, there's a couple places. Like, you go on the boardwalk, right, like Mac and Manco's or whatever. You watch those guys spinning the pies and, you know, spinning the dough and everything. And Pinocchio's and media, they have, yeah, like, yeah. a window set up and, and a little stool for kids to stand up on and watch them. Yes, it's... And they make it look easy, right? Yeah. So I think that's... It is sort of mesmerizing. It's almost like your ASMR sort of thing, Preston, where you're like, "Uh -uh, I want to watch this. That's exactly It's just soothing to watch it. And what was mesmerizing about the guys out here the other day, at least, was there's um, sort of like wood planks on the ceiling of this atrium, and they were cleaning each plank like precisely yes. so that's what i was watching i was just watching him go with the duster <laughs> over each single plank i'm like wow he's not missing a single speck yep i want to I, I want to go out with him so i was curious about people who have a job where they they work and it's just part and parcel that people will stop and stare and watch what you do yeah and you're not a performer of, su- of right, sorts, right 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 you know like what a i mean performer. but yeah. what you're doing that at some points the public can watch it yeah yeah, yeah. like a lot of times uh, kids are um they love garbage men Right, and they'll and they'll sit at the front window and they'll just wait for the garbage truck to come up. I don't think it's just kids. Yeah, I don't. Like, I, seriously, like when people when we mentioned this briefly last week, it's adults. They'll sit there and they'll look out the window, and I don't know if they're like judging the garbage man or like making sure that they're doing right, or 
if they just still really like watching what the garbage men do. I do. Yeah. I, I love the robotic nature of the truck. Yeah. Hell, you brought on the back. I brought on the back. It's yeah. a dream of yours. Let me ask you, do you guys feel a little bit chipped if you're watching the garbage men and they don't um, crush the, the garbage? It's not really a show. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without that. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the... I paid good money for this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Actually, I know. It's like going to the strip club right. and no, not yeah. making it into the champagne room. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, we... Uh, when when people are seeing us live, it's we're, we're kind of putting on a show at yeah. that point, so it's a little bit different. We are kind of performers then. Window washers is one for me. Like when oh, they yeah. wet it, and then they use the squeegee, mm-hmm. and, and I I will sit there I, or, and watch that. Or just the mechanism of going up and down on the exterior of a high rise. Yeah, uh, and you know whether they clean the, uh, the what's the name of the building? I have a brain fart. The uh, the angular one. Sarah. By, yes. Sarah. Oh my yeah. God! When the whole rig opens up and they come down on the outside of that, you, and I have I've just. I just stood and watched. I forget where I was. I had to be in proximity. I was watching the whole thing. Uh, somebody working an excavator. Uh, I will sit and watch that for a while. That's why construction sites. Yeah, anytime on a construction site down here in uh, Belmont. You know where they were digging. They were. Oh yeah. They're digging out. They're putting in uh, apartments there. Where that garden center was. Man, they were doing some heavy work, and I was just like, I didn't want the red light to end. I just wanted to sit there and watch for a while. Though it was the sound was a little uh, nerve wracking for a while. They were doing jackhammering out in the in the street, and they were creating a perfect square in the pavement, Preston. Yeah. And watching that was kind of cool. All right, let me go to some uh, calls and some surprising ones, like Tim, who is Verizon Tech. Hey, Tim, good morning. Tim, are you there? I was, I was staring at a bird. Oh. <laughs> I understand. Uh, what's up? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Verizon tech, and, uh, yeah, I go into people's houses, and people stare at me all the time. So so you, when they're coming in, when you're doing work in someone's home, they'll just sit there kind of over your shoulder and watch you the whole time. They just, just stare. I mean, it's cool if they're, you know, five, ten feet away, just kind of shooting the breeze and stuff. But if you're, if I could weirdly feel you breathing on my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Do, do you think that part of that is that they're just, you're in the house, they yes. want to make sure, or, or is it they're genuinely interested in what you're doing? I think it's kind of both. Okay. You know, it's, Kathy I, said I, yes know. immediately. No, because, you know why? Because it bothers me. I don't think, if somebody's coming into your house to do work, yeah. you shouldn't stand, I don't think that you should stand over them. No, I am typically home and I say, if you need anything, I'll be in the kitchen or I'll, I'll be, be in the I'm going to go up and put on something comfortable. There's an outlet in there. There's something you could stick in it. Stop. Tim, you want Kathy's address? Stop it. Stop. That's not what happens. Let me just Make all a right. comment all once right. without right. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. I have a friend who um, will stand oh, like and almost say like almost like help. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you're not helping. Yeah. By the way, they helping. hate you. They do. Yeah, I agree. Help every once in a while, but yeah, don't don't breathe on my neck. Guys. All right, <laughs> thanks, Tim. Appreciate yeah. it, man. It's, it's funny because I will when when I do have a check come to the house like that. I will. Do you have something to stick in this? <laughs> I'll show them what they where they need to work and what they need to do, and then I'll hang for a little bit. But then I feel self conscious, like, oh, these people think that I don't trust them, that they're going to yeah. steal something from yeah, my house. Right. So, all right, I'm just going to go over here and turn the camera on. Uh, let me go to stair shaving. Look, <laughs> my sideburns, <laughs> my mutton chops. Uh, I'm going to go to Bill. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what do you do for a living, Bill? I'm a tree worker. I climb trees for a living. Yeah, I love watching that. The, the, the that? Go, uh, do you do like the super all, all you remove and do all that stuff? 
Yeah, they, we, we usually have an audience out there watching us. <laughs> My Neighbors parents just had two huge, enormous trees in their backyard, and, and one started to fall, so they had to get it removed. And, I mean, it was it was like a show. They were sitting out there taking videos. Like, we got invited over. She's like, you got to come see this. Come <laughs> come sit on the patio with Bill, us. what's the biggest tree you've ever removed? Uh, probably like a 180-foot tulip poplar. <laughs> Holy F. 180 feet. I, so the, we had a, a huge tree in our backyard that I was sure was going to crash on our neighbors when we moved into the house, so I had it taken down. And, uh, man, you, going up there, the dudes climb up, and then they're cutting it in pieces, and the pieces fall down into the yard. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild, Bill. Does it bother you? Do you kind of like the fact you have a little bit of an audience? Um, it doesn't really bother us. We, we, um, it, it's usually a normal thing, so we're kind of used to it. The only problem is, is people like to wander into, like, the drop zone. Yeah, yeah. So, that could be deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, accidents happen very quick in, in the tree business. So, I bet. So All right, well, stay safe. Thing. Thanks, Bill. All right, thank you. Appreciate before, it. Before, uh, before home ownership, I had no idea how expensive it was for a tree service to come out. And then, and then you buy a house, and like Steve, when you talk about a big tree coming down, you're like, oh, that's what the price tag on mm-hmm. this is? Yeah, it's it's worth it, though. We, oh, yeah. Because we had, we had four trees that were not in good shape removed because, uh, and we did that all before all the blizzards and all the stuff and everything was coming down. I'm so glad we did it. All right, I'm going to go next to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hi, I uh, I work as a landscaper and, like, uh, mulching and gardening, and we have just random older men from parts of the neighborhood, wherever <laughs> we are, just come and they'll watch you mow or they'll they'll come from a different house and they'll just start being like, what are you doing while you're mulching and stuff, and it, it's just mm-hmm. weird. Do, do, they, do, they, do, weird. do they sort of want to talk landscaping with you? Uh, depend, depending on the man, some of them, some of them can, I guess, see what we're doing, but really have no idea what we're doing. And they just want to just have conversation. And then some of them want to talk more landscaping. All right. And it's mainly older men. It's older men. They're just, they'll walk out their drive. You look very muscular. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably get this knot out in my back. I'll give you a quarter. Uh, do you- <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you ever have to uh, to tell them? Look, um, I can't talk right now. We're busy. Sometimes, yeah. If, if they're they're talking too much and pulling you away from the work, yeah. yeah. Other other than that, it's just weird glances. Okay, all right. Spank me. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I don't normally like I said, what? spank me. I said, spank me, and I'll leave. I'm the mulch guy. <laughs> I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't normally like watching painters, but uh, when we got we had a meeting yesterday on the fifth floor, and I looked out the window, and on the roof, they had a painter with a spray paint or spray gun. Was it Mike, our, our friend? That's I don't painting? think no. I, and that's the first thing I look. I'm like, ah, it doesn't look like Mike, but he had like a sprayer. Okay, okay, that's fun to watch. Well, I, so love, I love watching painters, especially when they do the edges with no tape. You oh, know, when yeah. you paint, you gotta you know. tape it all up, and they just go right across. We used to have wow. a dude who, who painted. Uh, a couple of rooms in our in our house in Maniac, and he was one of those guys. Yep. Yeah, like, our guy super sharp. Yeah. yeah, there are like subreddits and Instagram accounts called oddly satisfying, mm-hmm. and painting is one of them because they're, they're, you watch these videos and they become. Uh, it's almost like uh, ASDMR for you, Preston. Is that what it's called? It's ASMR. 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 DVDA. DVDA. It's almost like DVDA for me. I'm going to go to Brian, who is also a landscaper. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Yeah, Zeus. Yeah, Zeus. All right, you heard the last guy. Same thing. Old men. 
I see everybody, you know, little kids just standing right in my way. Well, <laughs> well, I'm literally like on a death machine, essentially. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so that's an issue. People getting in the way. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, that, the mower can shoot stuff, you know, 150 yeah. miles per hour. You know, yeah. super dangerous. But yeah, I mean, people, people that I'm not even working for at their windows looking at me. Huh. All types of weird stuff. Interesting. Didn't you didn't you know Lance or somebody who works Thanks, who would like who am I thinking of? <laughs> like would be paid by an old woman to to go over and show her his junk? Like a what? friend of yours? No, that he wasn't a landscaper. Oh, I thought right. he was a landscaper. <laughs> no, that was, a, was a, pipe a gal I knew. Yeah, there was a guy. <laughs> Hold on, what? Yeah. She, this woman would pay him a hundred dollars. I can't even get into <laughs> he it. Was a, Wait, uh, hold on. Was it was he younger? Yeah, like he, he, was, was, like he was hung like big time. Oh. And she was like, how and she would pay him to come over and she would uh, take give, care him, of give him a, a blow hobby <laughs> and pay him. Pay him. Yeah. Oh, my. Right, Kathy's exactly. And, how... and he didn't even, he wasn't even landscaping. <laughs> yeah. And not I got even, the story he wrong. didn't even mulch her yard, her bed. What about the mulch? Yeah. Me, I want to know ages. Because with this one, you think it's like, <laughs> she's like 90. No. It was, well, I don't, you know what? I don't know. You don't know. I know hey, that he was good younger. good to see you again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching Matlock. I just got my hearing aids. But, uh, I made a drum video. <laughs> according to my friend, he was, like, abnormally hung, like, gigantic. Okay. Yeah, wow, so. mm-hmm. interesting. In case you're wondering, Kathy, if you're 40 years old, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. I, you know what I will, I Paying love. you for that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what I love watching are those um, bridge divider thingies. Bridge uh, divider oh, things. Oh, know, where they yeah. where they move? Yes. The the concrete uh, yes. separators. Oh. Yeah, they had that on the Commodore Barry. Oh my. They, I, all of them. They got uh, Commodore oh, Barry, they? Walt Whitman, Ben Franklin, all okay. the bridges. Uh, yeah, you can handle. It's you can a, handle, bro. It's a pretty wild piece of machinery. Let me go to um, Chris. Hi, Chris. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, Preston? Yeah, but so what's your what's your profession where people watch you work? I work as a mechanic. Okay. And you work in a uh, a garage where, you know, the, the, the people that are paying for the work to be done can watch what you're doing? I have a window and a wide-open garage bay that they can stare at me through. Okay. Uh, and are you, are you good with it? Because I know sometimes, pe- I, I, sometimes people can be very annoying. They're trying to, you know, they as Kathy said, somehow they think that they're mechanics at this point and they're going to help you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they come in, they try to ask, they try to tell me how to do my job better than what I'm doing. <laughs> why go to why, why go to the mechanic in the first place? <laughs> Fix it yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you, I have no idea what they're doing. Uh, That's I, why I go to take my car to a mechanic. I have no idea what you're going to do. Just do that. Do that voodoo that you, you do, do so well, and give me my car back. <laughs> well, Chris, also it's it's a, a lot. I've seen a lot of places. I remember a place that used to be when I got my car uh, you know, service fairly frequently. The place. Um, put in a windows. Oh, really? For that specific purpose, because people would go outside and hang by the open bay doors. Yeah, right. and it was it was dangerous. Yep, yep. Because uh, you never know if something's going to come flying out that shop. Yeah, true. All right, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let me go next to Chris. Yeah, I'll bet this happens a lot in his profession. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, ah! Paul. All right, what do you do? So I am a paramedic. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's yeah what... dude. Just the vehicle alone pulling up in a neighborhood draws a crowd. It does. It does. Um, especially when you have an unfortunate incident happening, like on a basketball court or something like that. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you could be in a house with, you know, one on one with one person, or you could be 
at a stadium with, you know, 200 people watching you. Since what, since what you do is so critical, what's what would you like people to know when they do see you and, and they do tend to congregate? What do you want them to know about in how they should react in that situation? Um, honestly, I think most paramedics and EMTs will agree with this. Like, we're in our mood. Right. Um, and the kind of cool thing is you'll actually, like, see most you know people, we actually kind of build this wall up. Right, there might actually be 200 people watching us, but you know we only see the patient in front of us. You just focus. You've learned to focus. Well, that's good. Yeah, because you don't want exactly. to be distracted when you're actually saving a life. Exactly, and that's something you just kind of learn, like kind of over time and everything. Yeah. But um, a lot of paramedics and EMTs just kind of have like this sixth sense of number one, when somebody's really sick and you don't realize it at first, and number two, like when you're there, you're there to do your job. It's that focus. You know, you try not to get you know sidetracked by. You know, like you said, crowds of people or whatever have you. Do people, yeah. say, do people say stuff to you? Um, sometimes they do, but a lot of times we don't even hear it. Um, You're very okay. muscular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a knot in my bag. You want to make some quick money? <laughs> um, of course, people, you know, it, it's obviously a very emotional time. Yeah. When we're with people, um, especially if it's in the house. You know, you're with a daughter, you're with a mother, with a father. Right. right. Um, EMTs and and, and, uh, paramedics and so on, I think, have more priority than anyone else, even more so than the police sometimes, because it's like, look. That's direct. Do not. Yeah. I'm trying to save a life here. You you know, everybody, leave us alone. You know, I think most people would respect that. Yeah, and it's actually it's actually adaptation. Like it, you're adapting to what's going on because those things change really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one minute you might everything might be cool. Next minute you might have a hysterical county member or yeah. something like that. You no. Know, yeah, you have to adapt to have remain fluid. I, let me tell you something. If you ever need a an amateur trach guy. I'm your guy. You're yeah. the dude. He yeah. can do it with a big pen. Dude. Big pen. <laughs> Give Steve a call. Yeah, he hasn't I think done I can. it yet, but he no. knows how to I do it. Is, it seems easy. Yeah. Well, you've seen videos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, another thing I did when I was in Williamsburg, uh, we went uh, on this little hike, and then it, we came around to this uh, glass blowing yes. plant hobby. Glass, glass hobby. Glass hobby. Glass hobby. Yeah, um, that's very satisfying. It's really, really. And so these guys were making, you know, pictures. And I think they yeah. must be used to it, though. Like, this, yeah. they're just they're, put your lips on. <laughs> oh my god! They're kind of putting on a show. Yeah. If you're uh, blowing glass, yes. Yeah. There used to be a place in Maniac. I don't know if it still exists, but that you could go in and watch them do that and it is it's hypnotic yeah there was a place in uh westchester called simon pierce it's not there anymore and it used to be a glass blowing place and a restaurant as well and i never got to go there and i believe glass blowing and a restaurant and a restaurant yeah what kind of cool huh it's kind of weird yeah kind of weird huh let me go to matt hi matt you're on the air good morning (laughs) all right matt what do you do uh i'm a roofer Uh huh you're a roofer i'm a roofer do people gather on the roof and watch yeah, they do. It's, uh, it's a little bit of fun. You know, parents will come by and have your kids with them, and I'll, I'll wave. But every now and again, you get the homeowner that pulls the chair out to the driveway. Oh, oh yes. Really? So, all day. I've heard of that. Yep. And they get on your nerves real quick. Do they uh, forward their opinion to you while you're up there? And they do. <laughs> When a roofer well, works real table. fast, though, like the, the shingle the nail, the shingle the nail, like yeah. just quick, like yeah. that is mesmerizing. It is. Yeah. Do you ever have a situation going Go on? You can kind of ignore them. Do you ever have a situation where there's like a window that people can sort of look out and see what you're doing? 
Oh, plenty of time. Yeah, no doubt. So open the window and hang out to see what you do. <laughs> I believe it. All right, thanks, Matt. Appreciate Thank it. You. You think you're successively bushy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. Excessively bushy. Uh, here's some texts that are coming in that uh, Marissa highlighted for me. Um, Zamboni. Zamboni. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zamboni driver. Yeah, but that's like you can't part of the show. Watch. Yeah, you're right. Anything that's sort of... Um, I find watching when someone's baking and they're sort of systematically... Great. Here you go. Uh, Annie Ann's. Oh, yes. Twisting the, uh, the pretzels. It. Yeah. Bang. 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 Yeah. They do it so fast. Or a, a, a rapid fire folder at a like a uh, closed store, like yep. a, the Gap or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. People stare at us when we crush cats at our family-owned junkyard. I think it's supposed to be cars. Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, that's great. There's a few... There's a bucket of tabbies. Crush them. Oh my God. They are doing it wrong. Kids, we're going to the cat crushing place. You want to come? No! That's from Kathy and Lisa in Mantua, New Jersey. It's cat crushing world. Kids just love cat crushing world. Any cat, bring a family cat. Any cat you find, to cat crushing world. Don't worry, we have our own cats ready to be crushed. Just terrorized your poor child for his life. Coming soon, dog crushing world. (laughs) People stare at us when we crush cats at our family-owned junkyard. Uh, That's a terrible business. I like to pester people for backlogs, but even I love cat crushing world. Uh, Here, this says, I'm 65, but when I was a kid, there was a Chinese restaurant that made their own fortune cookies, and you could watch from the sidewalk through the glass. It's really cool. I've seen them make fortune cookies before. It is kind of... Uh, mesmerizing, Any- and especially they can do it very quick, and so it's like boom, 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 and one after another. Any business that, re- uh, well, you know, the whole the Tom Papa series about bread making, yeah. anything like that is mesmerizing. Here's another one: uh, that our vending machine guy. Yeah, he texted <laughs> and he said, "Everywhere I go, people watch me open up the machines." That is kind of fascinating. They want to see yeah. what's inside. Yeah. He's a yeah. nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a freelance cameraman for the news, and I get watched all the time. Yep, I believe oh, that. Yeah. Uh, how about bartenders? I was a bartender, and I always catch people staring at me as I was making drinks. Now I'm a nurse, and you would think that people would stare at me more doing this, but actually, I think I was stared at more as a bartender. <laughs> I believe that. You're kind of putting on a show when you're a bartender, too. Yeah. Right? You, you have you to start a cocktail. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but you got to perform a little bit. Mm. You know what song was in the movie, Cocktail? Don't do it. Kokomo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that where that comes from? It is. It was, it was oh, in the soundtrack. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Oh, Tropical drink oh, melting in your hand. I'm a Harvey Wallbanger player. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should do this for uh, Nick's birthday. You should do a drum video of this. <laughs> July 21st. You got to get yeah. on it quickly. Yeah. I may have already done it. <laughs> Uh, back when Pat, here's another one that says, back when the Patco trains had the old cars where you could sit at the very front next to the driver. That's from Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, a number of them. I don't understand that. You could sit next to the driver in the train? I guess so. Huh. Uh, it said when the trains had the old cars and you could sit at the very front next to the driver. Absolutely. I, I remember. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Let me go to James. Hi, James. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, James? Yeah, I was trying to call you earlier. It was funny because I was actually backed into a paver with a with a dump truck with the bodies up in the air, dumping the asphalt in, and there's people looking at me with their kids while you're like presenting the whole. Oh, so you do you do asphalt work? Yeah, well, yeah, I run a dump truck today. I'm actually doing asphalt today on paving, but yeah, you, you do other things. 
You know what I love, James? I love watching the steamroller. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like it's like ironing on a Titanic level. James, I have a question. I have a question for you. You, you drive a dump truck, right? Yes. Are you a large guy? Uh, no, no, not well. By by most standards, no. <laughs> Average. Almost all dump truck drivers I see are big dudes. Yeah, yeah. well, there's a lot of physicality Always. to it. Yeah, I have to be. They they look like they would I'm be. here for the church, dump truck. <laughs> I don't know. Why couldn't you do that? I'm an aberrated dump truck. Yeah, like arm wrestling champions. Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. all that sitting around, you know, like over the top. Yeah, all that sitting around. Yeah, no, just, well, he was just a physically. Driver. Yeah. What yeah. I was, what I was, I was telling the other guys that are stacked up waiting to go in the paver. I was explaining what you were talking about. And there was like this pause on the CB. They're like, "Yeah, because this is so expletive exciting." <laughs> <laughs> but it is know, but to the neophyte or yeah. to the to the uh, civilian. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, thanks for your call, by the way, James. And uh, I, I saw a semi driving down the road the other day, and on the back, and it was a custom one. You could tell the guy owned yeah. it because they had it all decked out. And on the back of it, it's <laughs> what did it say? It said, uh, it said. A childhood dream. What was I thinking? <laughs> I'm like, that's great. That's great. Yeah. He loved him as a kid, decided yeah. to get into it, and he's like, oh, yeah, right? it's really freaking glamorous. We Why talked about glamorous. Digger Rose. Freaking yeah. glamorous. Yeah. Uh, but the, 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 it's an yeah. attraction that never leaves you, you know, yeah. the heavy machinery. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, here's one for sure. In fact, uh, yeah, let me go to George. Hi, George, you're on the line. Good morning. What's going on, guys? Yo, but talking about uh, occupations where people just stare at you and watch what you do when you're working. What do you do? I do elevator work. My friends call me Elevator George. <laughs> Ele- we had elevator workers in the building here. Case, you remember? Yeah. We were like... We fascinated. We just want to go in and look. Can you can you do the diehard thing where you go through the roof and all that stuff? Yeah. And, and But yeah, it is fascinating. <laughs> it's funny that your friends just... Call you your occupation and yeah. your name. Yeah. Elevator George. <laughs> Radio Casey over like, there. Like yeah. they wouldn't nickname you Otis or something yeah. like that. A little more clever. Yeah. I am Elevator George. Uh, George, so, yeah, do people ask you questions about your job? Uh, constantly because I work in, like, yeah, every every place you can think of, homes. You know, Any nurses. place with an elevator, right? <laughs> what I do is I like to get the elevator when I get on top to work on the inside of the hatch. I let the top be down about a foot and open it up in front of a crazy-looking dude and then jump <laughs> onto the floor. <laughs> That's a big thrill for you, huh, to jump in on somebody? Wow. Uh, so are there a lot of residential elevators you work on? I work on everything. Home elevators, all of it, escalators. Yeah. And old elevator, George. Wow. Steve, um... You get goofy questions. Did you ever get hurt in that? I said, I don't think so. All but, right. Yeah, you get hurt, man, uh, they'll, they'll laugh. <laughs> that's what it is. I would laugh too. I'd help you afterwards, but I'd have to laugh first. But right. Uh, right. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of oh. can't say that, dude. Elevator, Elevator George. George. Elevator George. Elevator George. Now your new name is Potty Mouth George. Potty bye, mouth bye, George. George. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, v- Vanilla Ice is obsessed with putting elevators in his house. When he uh, does those uh, yeah. Vanilla Ice projects, he right. puts elevators in every house and in a two floor house. And people probably watch him too. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I call him Elevator Vanilla Ice, yeah. and uh, well, thank you for your calls. We do appreciate it. And I was curious because we have these construction workers that are right outside our window, and I I couldn't help. I just noticed one day I'm just staring at this guy, watching him do what he's doing, and I'm I'm like, 
I'm, one, I'm wondering if he's thinking, would you stop looking at me, please? <laughs> well, they, we're not going to be able to do it anymore. I know. They're the done. Scaff- did, gone. Did they, they remove the scaffolding? Yeah, yeah. Steve, it's if gone. you walk over to the window, like, you can see down. Now, oh, all you right. weren't yeah. able to before. So they're getting close to finishing this up. Thank you for your calls. We need to take a break. So make sure you stay with us. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, Philly. This is Annie Allman, GM of the Reading Terminal Market. I want to personally invite you to come experience our over 70 small businesses, offering everything from fresh meat, produce, and groceries to prepared eats and sweets. For almost 128 years, we've been feeding Philly. Located in Center City, we are open, stocked, and ready to serve you seven days a week. We are your Reading Terminal Market, and we can't wait to see you. Next message. Hello, this is Todd from Douglas L. Gibson Enterprises Incorporated. Are you looking for a great way to enhance your deck or patio with shade from a retractable awning or screen system? DL Gibson is your family-owned and operated Sunsetter and New Image retractable awning authorized dealer. Check us out online at dlgibson.com to set up your free awning consultation today. Mention this ad and receive an extra $200 off your purchase of any awning. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.